You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. A uh, few days away from signing day, man. How y'all boys feeling? There's a uh, there's a palpable buzz around the Gator program right now. So we'll see in, in about 48 hours how palpable it was, whether it was sweet, whether it was sour. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but doing well, man. It was Gasparilla here this weekend. So mm. big, big Bender vibes. vibes. Big Bender vibes. Yeah, yeah. Bender, Bender vibes is with Gasparilla. Did you celebrate, Dan? Did you partake did. in the festivities? I did. I was a uh, all all um, all dressed up in my uh, my favorite pirate uh, gear and garb. Uh, you know, to did me, you put pictures as, of that on the social media streets. I didn't see any of that. They're they're out there. You got to look a little bit. Okay. Um, I don't need those making their ways to the internet, you know, or to, to Twitter. Uh, I found but... Cap. I found Captain Dan on the Instagram streets. There you I go. Mean, okay, <laughs> I got to go find them because mm-hmm. I seen the pictures of the cannon. Like the people thought he had a real cannon in the past, and it was like a little <laughs> baby cannon. So yeah, <laughs> can't trust me, right? You can't trust. I think him, that, I think that was a that was an after party vibe. I, I don't know if Dan made it to an after party this year uh, as mm-hmm. he gets older. Uh, I think the after house parties have have kind of gone their way. Well, let me let me tell you what. So uh, I'll set the set the scene. So I live on an area called Harbor Island here in Tampa. So it's right next to downtown, and it's right next to to Bayshore, where where the parade is. So I had people over at at my place. There was about twenty people that came by. Uh, great energy. It's like one of those brunch type of of vibes where you you start drinking a little bit early, go over to the parade, and then people came back. Do you guys ever have this situation where you're like? all right, the parade's over. We get back to my place at around six and it's like 1030 at night. And you're like, all right, guys, the whole Party place over. is cleaned up. We're like, you know, it's, it's, vibes are over, right? You got to go, got to keep it moving, keep it stepping. We've been, we've been doing this for about 12, 13 hours today. You're so seen, those were the vibes at the end of the night. You ever seen Martin? Yes. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Yeah. Well, it got to that point where I'm like, I don't want to be rude. And I asked Brooke, I was like, Hey, I don't want to be rude, but like, how do I tell these people to like leave? You know, I, but I feel, now I, I see like, like a Grinch, a Gasparilla Grinch. I tell my friends, man, bro, I'm about to slide some cheeks, man. Y'all boys got, y'all boys got to slide. That'd be it. Who can't relate there's, to that? Who cannot relate to that, fam? Everybody there's got to that, be, especially married. First people. off, if if I'm at somebody's house and, and we've been, you know, doing that all day, Dan, and then mm-hmm. they start cleaning, I'm like, all right, I, I'm either gonna help clean and then leave, or yeah. be, or take that as a sign to leave. There should be like a, you read you know, you're sit, a bit. Mm-hmm. You, there should be like you're sitting on the couch and like you, you slap your your quads and you're like, well, that should be like, okay, hey, yeah, that's well. uh, he wants me to get the hell out of here. That's a, that's a universal sign saying, of get the hell out of my house when you start cleaning. It's like, yeah, right, yeah. So so Gasparilla is unique because it really shuts down Bayshore Boulevard and then it goes through downtown. So a lot of downtown is just 
congested. There was also a lightning game on Saturday. So I let people and like, I want people to hang out, right? I want to have a a good time. But uh, so you let people like last beyond like the, the super bad Uber Uber surge charges, but it got to a point where I'm like, guys, it's, let's let's wrap it up. So do your friends listen to the show, Dan? No, they don't. They're never going to get the messages in. No, they're never. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to send I'm just going to clip this part and send it over their way. uh, Just (laughs) as a, uh, just as a note for next year, but no, Gasparilla was awesome. It's the first time in a couple of years that they had it. Uh, weather was great. Uh, it was a little chilly. I'm, I'm about there 50, next year. I promise you, I'm there next year. Hey, we're here for. It. We got a spot for you and all. You just got to bring your pirate costume. The pirates no, invades. No, silk invades. Can you wear regular clothing? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Only probably about five percent of people dress up. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, for the most part, it's just it's it's like a little pirate Mardi Gras, you know. I like it. But Nick, how was your weekend? Good, yeah, easy weekend for me. Um, it, it, they're going to start getting busy uh, as we move, you know, into February here. Uh, only a couple of weeks until baseball starts, and then that'll be you know five games a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, baseball team started Friday, so. Um, I wasn't able to get out of there Saturday or Sunday because of uh, basketball and recruiting, uh, but I'll be back at it at a scrimmage on Tuesday for, for baseball. So they're getting into it. And Hey, uh, man, we're going to do uh, – give, give me some baseball tailgate information. I want, I want to go down and kick it and do some, some different um, this time of the year. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful park. Um, it'll be interesting. So last year – was the first year and there were COVID regulations, COVID restrictions. So I don't know, like the parking situation there is not great. There's not a ton of parking. Um, I, I think a early. ton of people are going to be tailgating, Nick. For, no, no, no. But I'm just saying there's not enough parking spots for the number of, of seats at the stadium. And then, oh, if you have gotcha. a, and then if you have a softball game going at the same time, I'm not saying it's a big tailgate. See, I'm just saying mm. for a regular Friday night game against a big team, parking gets squirrely. Uh, and they're doing construction over there by the lacrosse field where it is. So uh, if you're doing a tailgate, you get there two hours before a game right there in the parking lot. I'll tell you what, all the listeners that's listening, tell me if you guys are interested in a baseball tailgate mm. and we'll make it Steve Miguel. We'll make it happen. We'll get a sponsor. We'll do some things. But I want to keep baseball, baseball tickets. Baseball tickets are like five bucks, seven bucks. Oh, man. For, for general admission. Right. Um, Maybe and we'll then just get got, a whole crew to sit out in the outfield. You can sit on the outfield. They got uh, adult beverages out there, food trucks out there. Um, How can you a, have adult beverages at baseball but not football? You do have it at football. You just haven't been to the stadium in a couple of years. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just started. Beer, wine. The only game I went to this year was at the Bucks Stadium. I just realized I didn't go to Gainesville for a game this year. Well, yeah. You're just uh, – just the team was bad and you gave up on them. Didn't want to didn't want to drive up. I checked out. Dan checked out. I checked out. You know, it's a tough um, scene. Yeah, bro. It was rough. I, I, I was up there out. for the Tennessee game. That's about it. Went went downhill after that. Who would have thought yeah. that that would be the peak of the Gator season? Only time yeah. I was there was uh either for content with the collective or uh, and I went to the Bama the Friday before Bama, I was at uh White uh Buffalo. Buffalo. Shout out to the the GOAT. Mm, we gotta get back. Um, speaking of which, uh, let's get into a few announcements. Actually, before we do that, uh, since we'll get into the show a little bit, um, our show, as always, is sponsored by our good friend Alan Horn uh, with Alan Horn Insurance, a state farm agent in Jasper, Georgia, specializing in auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, and retirement planning in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. 
Visit him at allenhorninsurance.com or give him a buzz at 706-692-2888. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at at sfagentallenh or on Facebook at allenhorn-statefarmagent. Alan Horn actually played baseball with a guest that we're going to be having on uh, in the not-too-distant future, Gavin Dickey, so we're super excited about that, and we always appreciate Alan Horn sponsorship show with all of that. So you mentioned getting back into Gainesville. Uh, the Gators do announce that the orange and blue game will take place on April 16th. Potential chance of a stadium and Gale uh, reunion up there. Let's make it happen. I'm here for it's it. Happening. It, it's going down. Let's make it happen. Um, we have a tailgate lined up. I got to get, we will talk the nuances of it, but yeah, we have a tailgate lined up by the great folks of Graham Co. Uh, we're going to do a Florida State tailgate, a UF tailgate. It's going to be some vibes. Uh, April 16th, that's my brother's birthday, man. I'm going to give him any time as well. But mark your calendar, man. It's going to be totally free. We're going to kick some vibes. We're going to hang out, man. Ain't going to be no tickets, none of that. This is the first orange and blue game in, what, three or four years, Nick? Three years. So 2020 was obviously canceled. The whole spring was canceled. Might be, um, might be longer than that, uh, considering what Dan Mullen was doing at spring game. It was pretty much a field day. It was a that field was also day. the regular regular season, sir. But well, th- don't get on Dan. Will Muschamp. I mean, there was the one. It was basically like you should just run like a seven on seven. There was one year where Florida had so many injuries on like the offensive line that they yeah. had like eight. They had like eight offensive linemen. So I thought that, it was I like six. I remember covering that year. That was a joke. But, I mean, once Dan had, like, some – and, listen, they're Gator greats, Gator legends. But if you got, like, a 56-year-old man catching a touchdown in the spring game – Yeah, yeah, ain't got time. Do I need that, to bro. be there covering that? No. Nah. That's that's what was egregious. That's why I told people when people were, like, watching this. I'm not watching the spring game, bro. We got 50-year-old retired <laughs> receivers catching bombs running off the sidelines. I ain't got time for that. Clearly, he's not serious about spring, so neither can I. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually used to go to every spring, even with Muschamp. Mm-hmm. I went to every spring game. Uh, uh, the, the the Mullen area, uh, mm-hmm. not Mullen, uh, Meyer area. I went to every spring game. I'm a spring game fanatic. I like to I like to get my lies off, so I need some information. No, I usually love going to the spring game because April's not usually too too warm uh, in Gainesville. Sometimes you get a nice breeze, but uh, it's just good vibes. You know, you, you don't have to worry guys, about yeah. winning or losing. Yeah. You can just tailgate, hang out. Yeah. Um, always enjoy the uh, orange and blue game. So I'll definitely make sure that I make it up this year uh, for that uh, tailgate with the boys. And uh, who knows, maybe we can get Nick out to uh, to dance on some couches at White Buffalo again. Mm. It, 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 it wasn't. Nick don't strike me as a dance on couch guy. I think that's your vibes. First off, it, it's a it was a wooden bench, but the way that people True. sit on the wooden benches is they sit on top. So now mm. the the your dirty shoes have been where butts are supposed to be. So I come in after uh, a group was moved away, and I'm not going to sit on whatever they drug in on their feet. So I I, I sit up on on the top, like uh like where I should have told you to sit at balls when I made you slide in. To that, whoa, to whoa, that booth whoa, at balls. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, say yeah, you gotta clarify a few things. The, the balls bookstore. Balls bookstore, <laughs> the, the booth, yeah. The booth that I made you uh slide into a balls bookstore when uh <laughs> when you looked at nuts. when you looked at me yeah. like I was crazy, uh you should have sat up on top, like on the top where your back rests. Uh so that's where I was sitting. And, and Dan's first off, Dan's incorrectly calling this wooden bench a couch. Yeah, and then there was no dancing. Dan was dancing, yeah. Just, As he tends to. Just letting yeah. the music take me away. That's what Dan do at every party, man. That's, That's my right. wife's favorite pastime is watch Dan dance at parties. 
So we'll be uh, we'll be in Gainesville. I might start to make my arrangements now to make sure that we got the uh, the hotel all situated so we can make it another White Buffalo night. Uh, but that'll be fun. Excited to have the uh, sponsored by movie. Eric. Eric, holla at me, man. Yeah. When, sta- when Stadium Gale come through White Buff, man, it's on the house, man. Take care of us, bro. Got bro, that me. night that night was crazy because we got there. We thought we got there early. Uh, yeah. uh, me, Dan, Brooke, we thought we got there early, and like the line and the VIP line were already egregious. So I was man, like, you "Yo, can't this- hype them. We trying to get we trying to get free shit, Nick. You can't say how like no, it's, <laughs> it's already packed, bro." Can't see let, that. Let the, story, let, the, let the story vibe. Let the story ride out. So I was like, okay, hey, let's go, go over to Oak. I said, let's go over to Oak. There's not going to be a line there. Walk right. in. Eric, also uh, mm-hmm. part of the ownership at Oak, sitting there at the bar. I said, hey, man, Big we tried bad. to go to Buff. I said, we tried to go to Buff. It was packed. That's he goes, that's football. awesome. You want to do shots? We did shots. <laughs> and then the owner of White Buffalo walks us over from Oak to Buff. And next thing I know, I'm at a not couch, not dancing. Yeah, Nick's dancing on the couches. For the next few hours until we get moved for a uh, a TikTok influencer, but that's okay. It was about time that we needed to to head out, and you know that, that's bigger, when things start to go down. Not bigger than t- see, that's what I'm talking about, Eric. We're bigger than TikTok influencers, bro. We, I don't we, know. We, this this kid had, same time. What? I don't know. There was something about the, the way that this it's kid carried himself. Up, Nick. <laughs> I thought it was your town, Nick. Bro, I'm sli- I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Oh, I don't man. even have a TikTok. They're getting us out of here for TikTok guys, man. We had the hottest podcast in the land. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, it was also announced today that uh, Florida will be playing Florida State on the Friday after Thanksgiving. It, it is going to be a, a one-year uh, thing, but Florida and Florida State will be playing on Friday this year instead of the traditional Saturday. Um, I wonder how you guys how you guys feel about what that. Tallahassee they- poverty is this. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Like, why are we playing on Black Friday, man? My wife's not gonna like this. That uh, that'll actually be on my birthday. It'll be my who's thirty four? Herschel Walker, my Herschel Walker yeah. year. Oh yep. man, I'm currently in my bird year. My my, yep. my Larry Bird year. My Herschel I just Walker I just year. entered my Herschel Walker. Who's a good year? player that wore forty? Mm. Mike Allstott. 40. Oh, Mike Allstott. Great. Yeah. Allstott yeah, is like brutal. <laughs> that a, there will I'll, be I'll, I'll, a lot of pain. <laughs> you're, you're, you're close to your Ahmad Black Bucks, you know, year. Right, like 43, I think, year. right? Yeah, yeah, Creeping yeah. up on it. Hunter Joyer? I think Hunter Joyer was 40. I'm, I'm going to call That's him a Hunter Another year. fullback? Hunter, Hunter sounds great, though, man. Hunter was a cool cat. I'll take my Hunter year, man, but um, – Black Friday is nuts. I don't like. I don't like that setup. It kind of changes your Thanksgiving plans a little bit. It does. Hunter Joyer was number forty-one, so uh, you got some time. God, for that. So, so that's coming up, that. and then you're in, then you're in your Jackie Robinson year, and then you're in your Ahmad Black Bucks year. I'm gonna take it one step at a time. Don't age me. Like, <laughs> let's, let's work on forty first. Um, uh, to, I don't, me, I don't, to me, Black Friday does not seem ideal. Obviously, driving the day after Thanksgiving is a hellscape. Trying to mm-hmm. drive up I-95 or I-75 on the day after Thanksgiving. Um, I think there's like high school football playoffs going on at that time on Friday yeah. as well. Um, I don't know if the playoffs it's, are – It's like state championship time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's Clearly. before – I think it's before state championship because state championship wouldn't matter then because that would be in like Orlando or I think they're actually going to be Correct. in South Florida this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like local local high schools playing. Um, I, I, the Tallahassee Democrat who broke the news said it, it's basically just TV driven, uh, ratings driven. So I'm guessing ACC it'll be, <clears throat> it, I'm guessing it'll be 
an ABC game, mm-hmm. you know, 7 30, 8 o'clock kickoff. Um, no, nah, as far as some ACC I mean. network noon shenanigans, FSU is a terrible football team. This That's all this is boiled down to like FSU not having a big stick. Mm. That's what I said. You go you go under 500 four years in a row, all of a sudden your bargaining yeah. power becomes a little bit less. And when the now game's at your home, yeah, now you're playing with the egg bowl boys. Well, who was it? Steve Spurrier, 1992, that says the Gators don't play any other day but Saturday. So yeah, they got worked. That was the last time. That was the last time Florida uh, played on a um, on a non-Saturday, a regular season, a regular season non-Saturday game was 92. They lost, I think, 30 to seven to Mississippi State. And Steve mm. Spurrier said, "No, no, no, not so never, fast. Never again." Um, I don't love it. Uh, you already have some big games. You have the uh, the Iron Bowl that. Day you have Ohio State, Michigan that game, or that day, or is that the next day? No, they play on Saturday. Anyway, I know you've got you've got some bigger games already scheduled for that Friday. Uh, don't love it. Um, you know, if it's a one year thing, I won't be there. I don't think a lot of people will make that drive up. That's a tough drive, considering where Tallahassee is in the state. Uh, you have to think a lot of uh, Thanksgiving plans year. are going to change because of I'm going this year, Dan. You're going to go up yeah, to Tallahassee. Yeah, I, I, I got yeah, I got to really enjoy why they reel down like this. I got to catch them in Tallahassee. Well, I can go up there, no stress. Uh, Thanksgiving, bring the family in tow. Uh, throw a nice tailgate, kick my feet up, watch Billy just run up through there, and then head back home. Another year of watching Odell Hagens and Ron Dugans. Uh, yeah, yeah, get them extensions. Shout out to them extensions, man. It's just the, the, the poster child of poverty going on in the panhandle these days. So that game will be on Friday. Another announcement, the uh, Gator Collective was announced today as one of the the title sponsors at the University of Florida uh, Athletic Department. Um, some more details were announced in a press release, but congratulations to Eddie, Jen, and the rest of the Gator Collective group uh, for partnering and making sure that uh, name, image, and likeness is at the forefront of the University of Florida Athletic Department. So congratulations to them and the hard work that they did. Um, I know some people are wondering where that money came from. Those were all private donations outside of what would go to the student-athletes. So, uh, so congratulations to them. Congratulations to the Gator uh, collective and um, you know Scott Strickland for making NIL a big part of the University of Florida. Um, Silk, I know that you have a big event on Wednesday uh, over at the Cush House in Orlando for National Signing Day. So I want to get uh, into recruiting for a little bit before we do bring Gavin Dickey on. Uh, but Silk, before uh, we do that, uh, are there still tickets available to go to your event on Wednesday? Yeah, we do have the tickets available. I do want to give some love to uh, Eddie and Jen and, and everybody over at Gator Collective. Um, we do some media and stuff with them, man. That's that's a great accomplishment. Uh, I know the hard work. I see it, what they're trying to do, everything they're trying to It's selfless. It's a selfless work they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they get questioned a lot. A lot, a lot of stuff get thrown their way. They deal with a lot of uh, Q&As, but um, this is good. I'm glad Florida's backing them and, and, and that relationship's happening. Just a great mm-hmm. development, man. So shout out to Eddie, Jen, and the whole gang, man. I've been there from the from the start of it to see it yep. now. Like it's a lot of work being done. So shout out to Eddie. Uh, yeah, we hanging out, man. Um, National Signing Day, uh, the Roll Up Network. We're at the Kush House in Orlando. Um, our official studio. We hanging out doing the um, National Signing Day event. We're gonna shoot some content. <laughs> Ahmad Black's coming through. I'm going to say all the Gators first. Get that out of the way. I don't want to be <laughs> getting off people y'all don't care about. So uh, uh, my man Ahmad is coming through, former alumni uh, and, and co-host on the stadium, Miguel, All-American, got a brick outside. I ain't got to explain too much. Chris Rainey's coming through to hang out. 
that's what I'm most excited about mm-hmm. in the whole building, man. Rainey's personality is just just gold. Uh, being able to communicate with him in the last week, man, just just bring energy into your life. Being able to talk to Rainey, bro, he's like ten years old, going on, on on forty, man. Like he ain't aging one bit. He's a kid at heart. Chris Rainey coming through. Uh, Brandon Hicks is actually catering the event, so he's catering and hanging out. Um, and then we have Kenny Shaw from Florida State. And also Lance Leggett from Miami coming to hang out. A few other, we got some few more guests that haven't been confirmed yet, but we think gonna come through. But good vibes, man. If you want to watch us work, you want to check out the Kushaws, plenty of murals in the building, great production going on. Mm-hmm. It's like coming to watch uh in living color, anything like that. You get to catch out the vibes. We got some entertainment going on, DJ, some live body painting, anything that's going on at the Kushaws, we like to incorporate arts and, and, and things of that nature, so and creativity. So um, we got a live painter, some body paint, um, and we're going to be creating college football content at the same time and shooting some stuff, man. So if you're, you're available, you're free on a Wednesday. We have tickets on Eventbrite, totally free. The food's on us. The vibes is on us. The vices is on us. Everything. Roll up network. I love it. Hopefully you have some PTO available because uh, apparently that's something that people monitor on the internet these days. But Yeah, um, man. <laughs> if you got a like that's the thing too. I don't I never judge people's hobbies, right? People right. are into any and everything. So uh I've been take I started taking days off from National Signing Day uh when I was like about 27 years old. Um shout out to my man Kev. We used to do that together. Mm-hmm. We used to take off signing days, and that inspired us to start podcasting because bro, it ain't got nothing to do with I would take a day off to do anything I really like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like who cares, bro? It's my time off. You won't take your time off to go mm-hmm. knit. Bro, go nip. That's what you like to do. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into uh, some recruiting before we get Gavin on the show. Uh, Right now on the On3 database, the Gators rank uh, number 30 in their recruiting class uh, right now, but that will uh, change uh, likely starting tomorrow. Uh, So on Tuesday, the day that you're listening to this, a four-star wide receiver out of Texas, DJ Allen, is announcing his commitment at about 2 o'clock. Uh, and then three-star edge uh, rusher Jack Pyburn out of uh, out of the 904 is going to be announcing at 3:30. Uh, you know, right now the Gators are battling TCU for DJ Allen. DJ Allen is a uh, is obviously a speedster, five foot ten, real just incredible you know slot receiver, real uh, shifty guy. Uh, you know, he's deciding between you know the the at home school TCU uh, mm-hmm. and the Gators. So um, I think that that right now there's there's maybe some conversation of him leaning towards TCU, but I know that the Gators feel uh, confident as well. And then Jack Pyburn, who picked up an offer uh, an offer, pardon me, on Sunday, uh, who grew up a Gator fan, is choosing between uh, Auburn, Miami, and Florida. So you have to feel confident about Florida's chances there. Uh, I know that he's been looking for an offer for quite some time. Now, uh, Silk or Nick, any thoughts on uh, DJ Allen or Jack Pyburn? Yeah, I think Allen is going to be, um, uh, like you said, DC or Florida. Obviously, TCU uh, closer to home, him being in Texas. Um, I think right now that's probably a toss up if, if, if he stays, if he goes to TCU, I think it's probably more of a, a proximity to home kind of deal. Um, and but Florida has been recruiting him hard, um, and and I think speed at receiver is probably something you need to upgrade on the roster overall. Um, and uh, right, before we move on to anyone else, if, if Silk wanted to talk about him, but I think yeah, I think right now I'd say that's probably a coin flip. Um, you know, but depending on depending on when uh, 
you as the listener is listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening to it like Wednesday, uh, it might not be a coin flip anymore. Um, but as we record it, it is, in my mind, a, a coin flip between TCU and Florida. Yeah, it seems like the real current thing would um, pretty a lot of people are not bored. But I think there's coincidence. I don't. Do you, the guys think it's a coincidence him and Pryor Burn or choosing at the same on the same day that Tuesday? We, like, why would choose one day early before mm-hmm. National Sign Day? You made it to the finish line. Um, do you think? What's your um, opinion on it? I don't want to throw, like offer out like a opinion for y'all. What do y'all think? I'm actually surprised more kids don't announce the days leading up to National Signing Day. I know National Signing Day is a big day, and it used to be a much bigger day than it is. But if I'm a guy that that wants a little bit of a spotlight, I feel like I would announce on maybe the Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday before, uh, just because it doesn't get lost as much, right? You get talked about a little bit more if that's what you're looking for, um, you know. But I think, you know, for Pyburn, I, I think you know it. it I think that he's going to commit to the Gators. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think that he's going to commit to the Gators. Um, you know, why wait if you, if you know your decision, but you know, I guess I understand your, your thought. If you made it that far, why wait until the day before? But you know, I don't know, but I, I don't, um, I don't think that it's coincidental that they're announcing a day early. I don't um, know if it's going to create a steady stream of, of commitments or, or not, but, but certainly I could be completely wrong there. Yeah, I, I I think I'm I'm on board with you with uh, Jack Pyburn. Um, I think that that'll be Florida, like you said, someone who um, had been waiting on you know a, a, an offer for a while. I think Auburn and Miami were previously the final two schools, but UF was the offer that he kind of always wanted. Um, he'll make his decision. What what time did you say, Dan? Pyburn at three thirty. Yeah, three thirty. Um, so I, I I feel confident that that he'll be there. Um, even though it's, you know, it's a three horse race, I think for him, but I think Florida's Florida's feeling confident there. Let's see. And then we get into Wednesday. Uh, we go, we start at 9 AM with three-star safety commit Miguel Mitchell at 9 AM. Uh, also at 9 AM is three-star offensive lineman, uh, Jalen farmer, Jalen farmer as fresh off of an offer from Alabama, uh, where he did visit this past weekend. He was supposed to be at Mississippi state, uh, but did end up in Tuscaloosa, uh, after that visit. Do you guys think he sticks with the Gators or do you think that he, uh, maybe heads over to Alabama? I couldn't tell you, man. It's Bama, man. It's hard. To, it's hard. To, uh, hard to pick against you- Bama. Right, it's hard to pick against Bama, but uh, I do like that Bama's out the kid, like like just Jalen Farmer. Jalen mm-hmm. Farmer, that take was uh, heavily criticized. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, even after Billy came back and he weeded things out, he still kept Jalen Farmer. So the evaluation kind of like uh, stood strong when we, we kind of get validated when Nick come out through this kid, right? Mm. Um, kid has been quiet in his recruitment, so we don't know yeah. where it's gonna go. But I hope we can land this kid. But I'm not gonna get too crazy and say 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 we gonna keep him what, what yeah. you, let's say you nicholas do he doesn't do interviews i was talking to Corey about him um Corey bender about him and like he just does not do interviews with with media um whenever reporters talk um whenever reporters talk to um him it's like through or get information about him it's like through his head coach but i'm with you so if the goat if the goat comes and throws an offer that validates the uh, the initial um, 
what, what's the word I'm looking for? The initial uh, evaluation. Scout, that, that floor yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the initial sure. evaluation. Yeah. Nick's Nick's giving a pat on the back to John Hevesy for the evaluation. So no, 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 I'm not. Yeah. Like, I didn't trust. I didn't trust Hevesy. Like, Hevesy was right, right? Like, like let's keep it. Like, Hevesy had a good like that one, but he he's he's missed on so many. I'm like, yeah. man, I don't know. Let's see what the new guys say when they get here. But once once um, my man Napier get here, Rob selling the guys get here, and they kind of checked out because they they kicked them. They 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 got some 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 players out of here. You know, some guys that we think can play football with Gibson, uh, Nick mm-hmm. Evers. Uh, I ain't saying he pushed them out, but I think he could have put a lot of effort into keeping them. Mm-hmm. So for Jalen Farmer to be the guy, a guy that they kept in the fold, uh, and, and then Bama come and offer him this late in the mm-hmm. cycle, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Shout, yeah, out no, to, shout out to Silk's boy, Hev. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see if he does boy. stick. He's been committed to the Gators for a long time. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can get the exact date. Uh, he's been committed to the Gators for for a long time. It's been been many many months. Um, so um, you know, it'd be great to get him. He's from uh, Covington, Georgia. Uh, you know, committed, guy that was also- uh, September tenth of two thousand twenty one. Okay, so about five months now, uh, stuck through with the Billy Napier, um, you know, hire. Uh, was looking at Kentucky, Mississippi State. He's been after by a lot of people uh, at Kentucky. Um, the offensive line coach from Kentucky actually just got hired today uh, by Alabama. So you also have to think of that maybe uh, changes some things as well because obviously he was comfortable with him. So so we'll see. So that's a the only commitment that the Gators did not get a uh, NIL from that was committed before our NLI, pardon me, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, before yeah. Um, before uh, the early signing day period. So uh, we will be waiting on Jalen Farmer's commitment at 930. Uh, three-star tight end commit Hayden Hansen uh, is going to sign his NI, or NLI. Um, four-star defensive lineman Caden Story, previously committed to Auburn, is going to choose between Auburn, uh, Clemson, and Florida. Uh, right now, it seems like it's a Clemson battle or a Clemson win uh, for them. Uh, three-star edge uh, commit Andrew Savania, I'm guessing, uh, is 11:45. So look out for him. Uh, three-star quarterback commit Max Brown is going to be at two. O'clock uh, p.m. Eastern time, and then the two big ones, five-star linebacker Harold Perkins will be at 2.15, and then five-star safety Jacoby Matthews will be at 7. I uh, want to get into those last two because I know that that's what everybody wants to hear. Silk, your thoughts on uh, on Harold Perkins and Jacoby Matthews? You said a thousand names. You want to get to the good ones. In the extra mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Harold Perkins, I feel, you know, it's a little bit, I think it's a toss-up. Um, mm-hmm. one another one of those 50 50 things. I want, I want to say, man, the family, uh, they were deep on the LSU visit, so you, you just never know, man. It's like it's Louisiana, that pool could be big sometime. But, um, I like the way the mom talks about UF. Um, I think the mom's a big influence on this whole thing. Um, the mom is, is very strong in with her opinions about uh, pretty much being in his life since day one and kind of you know steering this thing um and then outsiders not being influenced on the decision uh from, from what she's saying so I, if we're banking on the mom and i think billy and the guys man like just just hearing how they sell this whole this whole thing their pitch is very good they they they, they got a good pitch the way they line these kids up with film uh the way they roll mm-hmm. out uh their presentation with 
seeing what the University of Florida offers is very impressive. So um, with that, man, I, I don't know, man. The very the, the mom speaks in every interview will talk about homie vibes. And then whenever she says homie, she always speaks towards the University of Florida. So I'm just going to think, man, it's going to be a roller coaster ride all the way to Wednesday until he signed that paper, until a fast go through, however they do it these days, man. But I feel like Harold Perkins is going to sign with the University of Florida, man. That's a big one. It would be a big one. I'm not gonna count. Like, like I said, I think LSU. I think I don't think he's decided anything mm -hmm. right now. I think mm -hmm. right when this shows airs, I don't think nothing's been decided. But mm -hmm. I think the facts and and and, and being developed and, and all that and the mom wins out in the end. I think I think he ends up at University of Florida. We'll see what happens. What'd you think about um, Brian Kelly getting Lagritty down there? Oh man, that gritty. First of all, like they need to get the old fashioned three inch rule. Mm. <laughs> Yo, Dude, put man, some, like, some space for Jesus in between. Yeah, I didn't was, mean Brian. Was, I didn't mean Brian Kelly's weird circle video. They actually had the guy who made the gritty dance at uh, on campus. Yeah, no, shout out to that. But we're gonna talk about the three sixty spin. First. <laughs> Let's and uh it was nut the butt, and we can't be nut the butt with recruits that can get a little crazy. I heard about Penn State. Yeah, that's for that reason I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Yeah, let, let's 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 do this. Let's table this conversation real quick. We do have Gavin Dickey uh waiting to come on the show. Uh so we will we will absolutely revisit Harold Perkins and then definitely Jacoby Matthews after that. Uh but definitely. before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit homefieldapparel.com, use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word, get 15% off your order. Uh maybe you have a Gonzaga fan in your life. Uh they just Gonzaga. dropped a new line. They just dropped a new line of Gonzaga wear uh Cincinnati last week. So uh go visit homefieldapparel.com, use promo code stadium and you will get 15% off. So with that, let's welcome former Florida Gators football and baseball player Gavin Dickey to the show. Gavin, how are you today? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good, good. Marvelous. Marvelous. Man, it is. Thanks, a, it's thanks a, for having me. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to uh, to have you on the show. You're a guy that I watched a lot growing up. So I uh, want to get kind of back to your origin story from uh, from Tallahassee. Uh, you end up in Gainesville. You're recruited uh, by about every school in the country. So, so Gavin, how how'd you end up in, uh, in Gainesville and playing for the University of Florida? Yeah, it's kind of uh, themes. Shoot it. 20 years now. It's, I'm getting old, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Tallahassee. Uh, went to Lincoln High School. We would actually had a couple kids, a couple, couple guys from my high school go to Florida at the time. Um, big ones were Zach Pillar and obviously Kevin Carter. Um, they went to Florida. And um, from there, you know, I kind of grew up always like a big Gator fan. Um, especially in like the, the mid nineties, watching, you know, Fun and Gun, the Spurrier, um, Danny and Jack Quez or some of the guys, Reed L, Anthony, and Jack Jackson. So I just kind of fell in love with the University of Florida at the time. Um it was kind of crazy though, because my favorite football player ever was Charlie Ward. <laughs> and then I ended up at Florida. So kind of crazy. I just love, you know, the University of Florida. I had a lot of offers back then. Um, I think recruiting is probably much different now than it was back then. 
But um, basically, Spurrier recruited me. Um, he left that year, went to the NFL. Zook came in, and, uh, you know, I was just sold on the university. I'd actually went on my visit when Spurrier was still there, but my decision was made up. I canceled my last few visits and uh, ended up in Florida. That's kind of how it all went down. What 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 were the different recruiting pitches? How does how does Steve Spurrier recruit you? And and then obviously I guess you know, a new coach comes in, you have to get re-recruited, right? Yeah, it was kind of a weird time um, that year. Um, I actually took three official visits: um, Florida, Notre Dame, and Clemson. I think Tommy Tommy Bowden was at Clemson. When I went to Florida, it was, uh, gosh, who was the coach there? Bob Davey, I believe. And then he got let go. This was 2001. He got let go when they brought in Tyrone Willingham. So I took a visit with the old coach. And then Florida was kind of the same way. I went to on a visit with Spurrier, and then he got let, he left to go to the NFL, and I came in with Zook. Um, Spurrier was more so like either you're going to be a Gator or you're going to be Gator bait. It was, you know, this is University of Florida. You're going to be a Gator. You're going to be Gator bait. It wasn't a big pitch, you know. What I mean? Gavin, you want to you want to be with us or you want to lose to us, huh? Exactly. That's it, that's how it was. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a big pitch. You know, kind of the brand sold itself. You know, there wasn't a lot of you know going around and making hype videos and doing all this stuff that they're doing now on Twitter, you know? And then, and then Zook came in and it was, you know, it wasn't a big pitch. He didn't really need to pitch me on a lot of stuff. Um, but he was more so of a recruiter, um, kind of guy. It was very different styles. You would, uh, if you would say for sure. Hey. Gavin, before we before we get too too deep into like college stuff, let's let's rewind a little bit. Uh, childhood, tell us a little bit about, about your childhood playing sports. Like you played baseball, you played football. Like what was your childhood sports like? Like, yeah, so I grew up. I grew up in Tallahassee playing uh, baseball and football. I would say um, I was more so of a baseball player over football player growing up. Um, I never really like football. I never really like loved it as much as I would say I did baseball. I just happened to be um, good at football, and all my buddies played it. It's kind of weird. Like I just happened to be kind of good at it, and all my buddies played it. And along the way, Great, I'd man. say probably. I said I could relate to that, man. I, I yeah, was I was yeah. better at baseball. I played football because yeah. there's more girls at the game. My my friends played, but I was a better <laughs> shortstop than I was at football. But I quit baseball for the you right. know, the glamour and shit. It's South Florida, man. But whatever, yeah. go ahead. Exactly, and and I, I realized it. probably along the way, probably I'd say like my freshman or sophomore year in college that um that I could go to school for free. I can go to college for free playing football. So I, I kind of like stuck, I stuck with it and I took it, I started taking it, um, I'd say more serious. Um, I was just playing it kind of like for fun up to then. There were a couple years, like my teenage middle school years where like, I didn't even play football like at all mm. in like middle school and stuff. I just kind of played ball, baseball, didn't play football. <laughs> it's kind of weird. And then I just 
you know, I was like, okay, I started getting recruited. Um, in like ninth grade, I was starting on varsity, and I was like, oh man, this could play pay for my college. And I knew with baseball, you know, you're not going to get a full ride for baseball. So I started taking it, you know, more serious. I say ninth, tenth grade. Gavin, did you know you were always going to play both in college or did you kind of accept that maybe you would have to put baseball on the back burner to play football for, for that full ride? Um, no, I, I was kind of sold. I wasn't going to give up baseball. Hmm. Um, Florida was actually recruiting me for baseball as well. Um, I'd say independently of football, kind of before, you know, I became like a better, better football player. Um, so I was, you know, I wanted to continue to play baseball in college. Um, and just kind of when I, when I got to Florida, um, things transpired and I didn't get to play my first year. Um, but you know, coach McMahon, who's still, you know, one of the, the best humans that I've met to this day, um, gave me the opportunity to go out and play my second year. So forever gracious and thankful for him for that. When was the last time you got to uh, got to see McKeithen Stadium before before the uh, before they tore it down? <laughs> yeah, so I get back to Florida with work um, every year, really. So I try to get back at least once a, once a spring, you know, to, to scout the Gators, and then I've actually been to the, I've been to the new stadium as well. It's beautiful, man. It's I mean they've done a tremendous job um, down there, just building up the baseball program. I was. I was actually on the team when they renovated the old McKinney mm. Stadium. <laughs> so I was a part of the renovations. And then they tore it down and built the new one. So I'm like, man, I'm getting old, man. They've seen the <laughs> renovations, the teardown, and the new ones. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I don't think I don't think either of us will see a new stadium, Gavin. Not not to say that we're getting uh, we're getting old and our days are numbered. I think they'll just be in that new stadium for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's it's turned into like an arms race and mm-hmm. college sports. We need to be in the arms race, race though. We need to yes, be in the for sure, races. for sure. That's a good that's a good even race in, to be in. hundred percent. Even even you know the football stadiums are going up and the facilities are getting out of control and and it's trickled over into baseball and you're starting to see, you know, these facilities across more more so in the SEC and it's some sprinkled into like the Big Twelve. Like these these facilities are just starting to they're amazing for college baseball. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Gavin, before we we get back, um, I know we we've kind of gone in a bunch of different directions here, but a buddy yeah. of mine, before I forget, told me uh, that uh, you broke open a, uh, an aluminum bat. Can you tell that story? <laughs> yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't played baseball in like two years and like, it was, um, I was at practice and I was just out there just, you know, I've been playing football. I've been getting strong and stiff really is what it was. <laughs> And I was just taking, like, early BP one day, and they were like, I can't even remember the brand of the bat. I don't want to say. I don't want to crush it anyways. But I was taking BP. <laughs> yeah. I was swinging the bat, dude. And I took a swing. And I actually cracked two. A cracked two. That one was in BP. And then we're playing, I think it was, like, FAMU in a midweek game. And I hit a double into, like, the left center gap. And I thought I hit it pretty good. And, like, I'm running to first base, and I'm looking, and it's like I have half a bat in my hand. 
like how you would break <laughs> how you would break a wooden bat. Like I was running a first base with a half a metal bat in my hand. It's crazy. It's coming to think back on it. Like, how the heck did that even happen? Yeah. So So you gotta you gotta work on your lies, bro. I would have been <laughs> you know how too many people saw it, right? Some... <laughs> I would have sold that one, bro. Yeah, but see, but that's like a, that's like a fishing story. Now that right. you've had some years pass, now the right. people that were there, you know, they'll probably just remember it. However, you tell it, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, spin that a little bit. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll tell my snap. I hit a home run, snapped it like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just actually, smack it out the park. Have... I actually have a picture of that somewhere. Like, nice. And I'm, I've, I've hit the ball on an extension, and you can't really tell unless you really look at a picture. You're like, there's only half a bat there. Like, the barrel's gone. It's a pretty good Real picture quick. somewhere. I got a question, Gavin. So, I've yep. been golfing with um, my man Chris Leak a few times. Right? We, have, we have this uh-huh. uh, yearly golf tournament. This is our, probably like our second year not doing it. But we just do this yearly right. golf tournament with Chris Leak. Very meticulous guy. Uh, attention to detail. Mm-hmm. What was it like playing with him? How like how weird was he in the locker room? <laughs> he had he golf balls with his face on him out there, bro. <laughs> like we was playing golf. Shout out my man Lee. Like that's my guy. Like like all, all like all jokes aside, I like Chris Lee. It's my dude. Right. I love doing content with him. He always come through for us. If we if we ask him to slide, so great dude. But we was at the golf course and like I'm looking for my ball. I found a Chris Lee ball, and he had his face on it. So, I, so Chris and I were actually roommates back in the day. You know, they try to generally put position guys together. And obviously, Chris was the starter. I was the backup. And we would be road roommates. And the only thing that, like, I really remember was, like, he always used to play um, – video games right like the ncaa i think that's what the game was back in the day Uh, i was never a big in the video games and he like it would be like friday night you know we'd be in the hotel playing the next day and i can remember him just like staying up for like hours playing the game but it would take him like you know hour plus to like start the game and i'll be like you know like third week or something on the road i'm like chris like dude what are you doing you know what I mean? And he's just like, dude, I'm he would input like the weeks plays into the game, like the plays that packages of plays that were running like the next day. He would like input oh, it into shit. the game to run the plays before we would start playing on Saturday. I was oh, like, Oh, okay, shit. that's kinda smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like one thing that I remember just like being his roommate, you know he would put the plays in before he would play the game and then he'd run the plays during the game. It was kind of that's kind of cool, I guess. Video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Shout out to him. He's all right. He put his face on golf balls, but man. Uh he also <laughs> <laughs> like he also like like okay, so we got there at like six in the morning or some crazy time. He practiced like just driving for like an hour before like the tournament. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, Chris, this is really just like a like we just shooting the shit out here, bro. Yeah. Like we came here to vibe. <laughs> we didn't really we didn't yeah. come here to like win this thing, but he came prepared. No. You came yeah, out to vibe. Right, right, Chris right, right. came out. Chris came out to dominate the competition, and you dragged him down. <laughs> he came to win. Yeah, he's a very meticulous guy. He was inserting. He was inserting his plays, man, for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. What are you doing? 
Yeah, you could tell like right away, even just like with his throwing motion. I had never seen anybody just like the consistent. It was it was a unique um throwing motion, but it was like the consistency of his motion, the ability to just like I guess the word scouting terms, just like the ability to just to repeat, um, was impressive. Like he would always consistently repeat that same arm motion over and over and over again. Which allowed him to throw. I, I mean, this I've never seen anybody with the ability to spin that the translates ball and just to go consistent a bit. spirals, man. Just spiral after spiral. It could the be best spiral ever. Who, who's oh had a better God. spiral than, than than Chris Lee in the game of football ever? Things pretty. Remember him like. We gotta get back into like about Gavin Dick in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. I'm whatever you guys need for sure. Yeah, we vibing. Uh, Gavin, uh, talk to us about your time playing at, at UF. What are what are some of your your favorite uh, football memories that you have? I just remember, you know, the first time running out of the tunnel. Um, that's probably, you know, my my most favorite memory playing there. You know, I didn't play a lot in in football, um, but the times that I did get to play, you know, just. The first time running out of the tunnel is in a in a game is unbelievable because you know you run you go on your visits and you and you you um you have practices and scrimmages and spring game or whatever, but you've never you come out on the field and you're in the stadium, you never really realize it until how big it is. Until you come out of the stadium that first time in a game and it's ninety plus thousand and it's filled up and it's like you run out. And I just remember, I felt like my heart was beating through my pads and I was like red shirting. I ain't even playing, you know what I mean? And you just run out, you feel like you're gonna hit your head on the roof, man. It's like, this, this is it. Like, this is, this is big time ball. It's crazy. Like you're going a thousand miles a minute. It's just, it's unbelievable feeling. It's unbelievable rush. It's something that it's, it's hard to even put into words the feeling of running out on that field the very first time in that orange and blue. It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, Gavin, you, you were one of the guys, I mean, that it, it's happening a little bit more frequently now, but you're one of the guys that also played beyond just quarterback. You were right. used as a, as a wide receiver. You were used as a running back. You're using a lot of different packages. I mean, is that something that they told you? I mean, you know, when, when Ron Zook and, Steve Spur at the beginning were, were using you, or is that something that, you know, they knew you were athletic and they just wanted to get the ball in your hands, or, or how did that transition go for you? <laughs> um, so over time, I guess, it, it just kind of transpired once um, Coach Meyer arrived. Um, I, I mean, I was just basically, like, just there, you know, um, until Coach Meyer arrived. And I, would, I think that year we were going to Omaha, um college world series baseball and coach meyer arrived and he kind of like met with everybody and i was one of the last guys that he met with that year just because i was playing i was playing baseball and i was honestly like i just really was kind of like at my wits end kind of with football um i was just tired i was doing well in baseball i just kind of wanted to focus on baseball and I basically told Coach Meyer that, and he was like, well, you know, just give me one year. Like, what do you want to do? I was like, look, man, like, I'm athletic. I can run. Like, my parents been driving down here for, like, two, three years every weekend 
to watch me play and like i'm not playing dude like i was just like dude i'm run down there kick off like i don't care like i just want to run down get a couple grass stains on my pants and i'm cool like whatever the team needs and he was like all right and he was just like you know we'll switch you to receiver we'll get you in some sets and then they put me on like kickoff return and it was fun like you know it was I, I i was grateful that you know he didn't have to do that and i still remain like backup quarterback at the time and you know it was it was fun i got to run down and play some receiver um was back deep on kickoff return which is an adventure in itself um but yeah that's kind of how that transpired over the years what was it what was the go ahead nick what was um <clears throat> What was the most difficult thing trying to balance playing two sports? Um, I mean, they're both full time jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then and then you're a student too, so you had three full time jobs. Yes. So work was definitely big ones. Um, rest, taking care of your body, um, and just sacrifices. You know, like. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of time um, for like parties and doing all that stuff um, while I was in college because in the fall, um, you know, we go to practice Monday through Thursday, and then you know everybody else on the baseball team they're getting baseball reps in the fall while I'm playing football. So after football practice, I have to go to the cages to work on my swing. Because if not, I'm gonna be, you know, right. So many, so you're many. Look crazy when you show up in the spring. Yeah, you're gonna look nuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so I have to work on my swing in the fall after football practice just to, you know, repeat the swing and try to catch up on reps. Even though I'm not, you know, saying live arms, just the ability to just repeat the reps. And then you gotta. And then I have to go home after that to, you know, do homework or projects or whatever is due at the time. So it was just. Time management, I learned a lot about just like responsibility, time management. You have to take care of your body, rest, relaxation, you know, rehab, the whole deal, the ice tub. That was, you know, some of the biggest things that I took away from that and still helps me in life today. Um, some of the biggest lessons that I learned. Give me give me a lesson you learned from my man, Ron Zook. <laughs> it sucks too. Great recruiter, um, by the way, man. On my the Maya era one because Zook recruited so so well. So I, I have no beef right. with Ron Zook, man. He had he served his purpose right. at the University of Florida for sure. Lesson that I learned. Um, well, give me a Ron Zook story. You ain't gotta get like too deep, man. Like, Ron <laughs> Zook wasn't the greatest coach, so you might not have the greatest story. Though, so you actually yeah, got fired. I don't, you know. To, I don't want to come here. To, I don't want to bash anybody. Um, no, do it. You got time? I, no. <laughs> I would so it's like, no, please. I would, <laughs> I would say the biggest lesson that I learned from Ron Zook was I grew up a lot, became a man at a young age, at 19. And mm. one of the biggest things that I learned was just Control what you can control. Um, that was probably the biggest one, you know. And and life isn't always 
always fair or I don't even want to say fair, but just like control what you can control and don't worry about the outside. I, I That's one of the biggest things that I learned. That's life, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, and it was, and I was 19, I was 19 years old and it was a, it was a valuable lesson that I kind of struggled through for a year or two, um, just to process it. And, um, you know, I just kind of, over time, that's a valuable lesson. I look back now that, you know, I grew up, like I had to grow up fast and adjust. And luckily I was blessed with the ability to, you know, go play baseball. And, you know, that was, you know, that was my outlet. Um, you know, today these kids, they just hop in the transfer portal and they go, <laughs> they go play for somebody else, you know. Back yeah. then, it was you're gonna you're gonna sit a year, you know, you're gonna use you're gonna lose a year of eligibility, you're gonna sit, you're gonna you know, different different age, different time, you know, it was just a different different era, I guess. For sure, it was. Yeah. Um, Kevin, um, before we get you out of here, I want to talk to you a little bit about what you're up to now. So, you know, after you leave Florida, you you play some professional baseball. Are you still yeah. um you're still scout with the Astros, is that right? Yeah. Um, so okay. I've been I've been with the Astros for like ten and a half years now. I uh mm. got drafted, played in the minor leagues for a few years, ended up hurt my quad I used to be able, I used to be fast like I could run and then I hurt my quad and I wasn't as fast anymore so <laughs> when your best tool kind of you know goes away you know it's a, it's a struggle and I was like 26 27 I believe I played some independent ball got back in played with the Braves for a little bit in spring training and then I started scouting I think this was like 2011 was my first year mm. um so I went out and I was in Houston. Actually, I was the area scout in Houston, um, running around out there. And then I moved to Atlanta after one year in Houston, um, did some scouting in the Atlanta, North Florida, South Alabama area. Then from there, I just kind of um, crossed. I got promoted. I was cross-checking the southeast of the country. And then from there, I got promoted again. I was doing just like national cross checker, which is basically covering the whole country, seeing like the best players in the country and then some Puerto Rico. And then I sprinkled in some international stuff, seeing some Cubans and some um, Latin players in the Caribbean. And then I just got promoted again to special assignment scout, which is um, basically a lot of the same stuff that I was doing on the national side with more of, of a larger focus on uh, um, international scouting, um, splitting duties between international pro and uh, the domestic draft. Well, it like, takes up a lot of time. It, it, it <laughs> sounds, it just sounds important as hell, man. <laughs> Congratulations, bro. No, I That's appreciate it. Big win. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Having so, covered it's a um, fun job. Sorry, having covered um, Florida baseball since 2013, there is a scout uniform. That I I wonder if you guys talk about everyone's in like <laughs> Nike dry fit or like Lululemon dry fit pants, yeah. sneakers, and then there's a, uh, a team logo polo. <laughs> but then you've got the the three quarter because sometimes it's chilly, and then a hat. 
I, I've, I've like worn something similar and had like dads come up to me and be like, Hey, my son's this. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm just a reporter. I'm not, I'm not getting your, I'm not getting your it's, son drafted. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. It's the Cole Hans. It's the Lulu pants and the polo. See, see now that's how, that's how you know he, that's how you, that's how you know Gavin's at a different level. I'm talking about, I'm talking about sneakers and he's got, you know, some Cole Hans on. I'm like, sorry, that's, they should have yeah. looked at my shoes and known that I was a reporter, and not and not that's with the, uh, that's the not with MLB team. No, that's the outfit for sure, man. That's definitely the outfit. Closet. That's, that's awesome. what I have in the closet. The full deal. That, that, that's, <laughs> the, that's the uniform. It's the unspoken yeah, uniform. It. Every day, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Gavin, it was, it was a pleasure having you on, dude. Like I said, you were you were one of those guys that I that I watched growing up, and you know it was it's awesome to to have you on and to, to see where you've blossomed um, in your career. You know, you were one of the first people that I remember doing the dual sport thing and doing it well. So, yeah. uh, man, it was, yeah. a, it was a pleasure to uh, to have you on today. For for those that want to keep up with you and, and everything, Hold that on, you I got to ask, you, I gotta ask oh, the go question ahead. that the fans really want to hear, Dan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gavin, who who had the best hands on the team? Like, who's knocking people the fuck out? Just like fighting hands? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not <laughs> catching the ball or nothing like that. Nothing, oh, not football related. Um, no, um, I, I don't remember like a lot of a lot of fights really. Like, I can't even remember one really. Now that I think about it, like, it's unfortunate. On the field, he was there yeah, a year before Percy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I've heard, I've heard, that's why we wasn't I've winning games. Y'all wasn't beating nobody up. Yeah, that's, that's why y'all wasn't was, fighting, bro. Yeah, I can't remember any. I can't remember any fights. Like I remember, I remember getting in a fight in a baseball game, but I don't remember any fights like football. That's crazy. Now that you say it, yeah, we yeah. would have fought a lot more. Y'all, y'all boys were soft, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I remember like the. Some coaches, you know, some almost coaches fight, players, coaches, but no, I don't remember any hands getting thrown. Do say more. Where you at? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Like, it's hot, it's hot out there in the summer, man. Right, you know, right, right. Dudes get attitudes, two a days, it's hot. You guys were peaceful, though. I like it, Gavin. Yeah, um, I don't remember any, man. I don't I'm remember. not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, man. Now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. you know. The res- the respect is different now, I guess. It's um, crazy. What, I don't remember any man. What can we follow you at? Tell people what they can follow um, you at. I'm not a big. I don't. I'm not a big Twitter guy, man. I'm, Me I too, have, man. <laughs> I have. I don't even. I wish. I have this. I have this Twitter account. That's it. I don't even know my Twitter handle. I mostly use it for. Uh, this, you gotta um, be happy, bro. You sound so happy, work, dog. Work stuff, people, man. People I, that don't know, listen, Dad, Dad, you laughing? But people that don't know their Twitter, people that have no idea what the Instagram ad is, like those, those are the yeah. happiest people, bro. I mean, you heard how great his life is. I mean, just think right, of the promotions right. he's got. I know? use it, yeah. I use it more so for like work stuff, man. Like scouting players. Um, yeah, you happy as shit. The, the, the funny, the best part is like, you know, honestly, guys, like the best part is like scouting guys who go on to have like big success um, right. in other sports. Like I remember going and scouting like Justin Fields and nice. a- AJ, AJ Brown, um, nice. the Ely kid at Ole Miss, like going and watching those guys play baseball was probably some of like 
the crazier things. Like you watch these guys on the baseball field. And you never like, think like, 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 what if these guys stick to baseball though, man? Like these so incredible got, athletes, bro. Like so got, we just don't got, fuck with baseball like that, bro. If, if you guys got a second, I got a funny story for you guys. No, bro. go so, get it off. Yeah, I'm here for funny stories, bro. <laughs> So I it's it's I can't remember the year, 2016, 15, 17, somewhere around in there. And I'm in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm watching uh Starkville High School and I'm watching a kid named AJ Brown. My my guy in the area, he wants me to come cross check this guy, AJ Brown. So I get to this to the high school, it's like an older, older high school in Mississippi. And like I'm looking at this kid, and he is a monster, right? He is huge. He's like 230, 240, right? And like he's has some ability on the baseball field, and you know, but it's he's just going through the motions. Like I, it, you can see the act, and I don't really know anything about him um, other than like he's going to Ole Miss to play football. So after like he takes BP and stuff, my area guy at the time, he's like, hey, I want to introduce you to AJ. So I'm talking to AJ and I'm asking if he really wants to play baseball. And he's like, yeah, he's giving me like the stock answers, right? Hey, sir, I want to play baseball. I love baseball. It's my number one. I'm like, dude, cut the crap. Like, shoot shoot me straight. And my buddy, my my guy, he's like, hey, man, look, this guy played football in the SEC. And like his whole guard let down at that time, right? So now he wants to talk. He's he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I really like it. And I was like, I look at him. And keep my, he's like 230, 240. I'm like going to Ole Miss, I was like, you're going to put your hand in the dirt. Like, you're going to play tight yeah, end, for son. Sure, for sure. And he's like, he's like, you way, I play tight end. You crazy. I'm like, no, you're going to play tight end, right? So, <laughs> he's like, so fast forward, like, it's either that fall or the next fall. I'm in my backyard. I'm grilling. I got the game on in the back. It's like Saturday night. And Ole Miss is playing here like he gets behind the defense and I look at the TV and it's like AJ Brown goes for like seven <laughs> Dude, his body he lost like 20 30 pounds I was like oh my god I feel like he's gonna play tight end and he's like going off in in the SEC I'm like oh well I missed on that one probably <laughs> all all yeah. <laughs> it might, it might have been that conversation with you though you might you might have scared him to lose some weight Right. In my defense, he lost like 20, 30 pounds. Hand like, in the dirt in the SEC guy. is scary, though. Like, you got to lose if, weight. If you, yeah, if you would have Because that ain't for everybody. Like, yeah, like 240, 230 is, a, you know, talking about he's a receiver. I mean, you can't run. You're running. Yeah, you're then, running. <laughs> I'm trying to do my you're math running. here. Did you did you play with uh, Canadians Ingram? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was that like? You both played baseball, right? So he didn't, he didn't play – when I was there, he played in high school, and I heard he was really good in high school. Um, right. Tate Casey came out for a little bit on the baseball team when I was there. Right. Um, he was a pitcher um, from I think he's from Texas, but it was yeah. He had some, he had he some was, salsa. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of bullshit. He had some salsa. It was it was he was I think he was just too far removed, and then he mm. was doing a lot of yeah. Like, he ain't had no sauce. Yeah, no sauce. He had no, no sauce. <laughs> you just get it's yeah, just no a different sauce, workout. Man. You get you Tate, get stiffer, man. You Tate, Tate, yeah. Tate was top, <laughs> was tossing watermelons over. Yeah, the place, we got to get Tate back on the show. His version of the story is <laughs> yeah. a little different. I, I didn't say that. I did not. 
<laughs> Tate, Tate and I were having um, we had we had a nice steak dinner at Hall's in, in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Tate had a couple. Tate had a couple bourbons. He started telling about how good of a pitcher he was. Mm. Mm. I heard he was good in high school, you know. But yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you knew him, and you yeah. you're probably remembering that story that Tate told you that I just heard. <laughs> that was one of the Tate. other bats that Gavin broke. Yeah, Tate. <laughs> <laughs> You get stiffer, man, working out. You know, it's different. The muscles tighten up. Yeah, Tate got stiff. He was tossing watermelons across the plate. Man. <laughs> he, made, he made the right decision. He had a good career. <laughs> he made the right decision. Oh, man. Well, Gavin, that's the, we... most, that's the most politically correct way to say it. Tate made a good decision for himself playing playing tight end. We'll just say I, Tate I saw, didn't have I no saw... sauce. He's like, I, I saw, I saw Tate throw a couple, uh, a couple live bullpens, and let's just say he was a good tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He made, he made the right choice. He oh, made the right choice. Well, Gavin, dude, we had an absolute pleasure having you on. We definitely want to get you on again in the future, man. We'd love to hear some more stories from you. Sure, guys. Follow him on Twitter at gdicky underscore seventeen uh, if you want to. Uh, catch some more uh, insight on on gavin's life but man we really appreciate having you uh come on this evening and uh we'll look forward to talking with you in the future appreciate it guys thanks for having me take care go awesome. gators go gators, go gators man awesome that was fun yeah gavin dickey man just a, a great a great guest and, and we're going to go from one great guest to another uh but before we do that let's give a shout out to our friends over at game time sidekicks visit them gametimesidekicks.com use promo code stadium for 10% off of your order. A number of you reached out last week and said that you ordered some things. So go check them out. Over 350 schools in the NCAA. They've got a bunch of other sports, a lot of great products, vacuum sealed. Uh, I don't drink show out of the anything cup, else. Show them the cup. Guys, show them the cup, cup, baby. Oh, I got that green so, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you, so shout out. Say what? Your green screen is a little weak, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, like, you glitch, you're glitching a lot. I got to get a new one. Well, it's not a real green screen, so we're just taking advantage of technology. The so man, the man, the myth, the legend, the oh homie, Trey, Trey Burton, man. Welcome to the state of man. How you feeling, What's up, man? bro? I'm good, bro. You all right? I'm feeling good, man. I'm glad you're here, man, hanging out with us, man. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, man. You on. Appreciate that. So Trey, um, heavily requested guest, heavily requested. We, we get you every time we ask people, they always say Trey Burton. And I know we've gone back and forth for a few months now. So it's good to finally get you on the show. Obviously an illustrious career at the university of Florida, a great NFL career as well. So we're excited to get to know you a little bit more, but, um, Trey, let's, let's, for the the record, for the record though, this is the first time y'all invited me on here. You know what I'm saying? So like, don't blame, don't blame me. Don't blame oh, me, Dan. Dan. That's on Dan. <laughs> Don't blame yeah, me. I think Dan's Dan, out here. Hold on one second. Dan's been lying in the in the meetings and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I've asked, Get like, what's here. up with Trey Burton? Like, oh, he hasn't hit me back. So <laughs> well, we're well, here. We're here. Why, we're why here, live in the man. past, Silk? Why live in the past? <laughs> um Trey, man, wanna really, you know, excited to, to chat with you a little bit more. Uh grew up in Venice, obviously a great all-around athlete. Came to the University of Florida. Um, you know, as a as a quarterback under Urban Meyer, uh, obviously made your your time um, you know known in, in at the University of Florida uh, and in the NFL as a tight end. But but Trey, tell us a little bit about your story. When did you start getting into football, and when did you know that that football in college would become a reality? Yeah, man. Uh, I would say, I mean, I started playing football when I was five. I played about three years of flag football, um, and then went up through the Pop Warner ranks. Um, always had to play up. 
because where I was at in Pop Warner, you had to play, it was all based on weight, you know, so I was always playing, you know, one or two levels up, uh, depending on, you know, how old I was. And uh, I remember my seventh grade year was the last year of Pop Warner because I was like two, I was like 175, I think was the weight limit for me. And I remember I'm in seventh grade playing with uh, sophomores in high school. They're older lighters is what they used to call them. And uh, I was playing, like I wasn't on the sideline, I wasn't on the bench. And I think from then on, I knew like I, I had a chance to play um ball at the next level you know really just speaking about high school because my high school has a pretty good history of, of, of get, sending guys to college and so boom I, I have to skip my eighth grade year because i weigh too much i go into my freshman year um and like right off the bat after like two or three summer workouts or i guess it'd be fall workouts um they he was like my coach was like yo you're gonna start at safety for us on varsity and i'm like what and he's like yeah we think you can play and that year what our first game of the year was lakeland and that was when Rainey, mm. Pouncey, uh, Ma Black, all them boys, were all, they were all seniors. So they were, you know, top two or three in the country. or Yeah, in, in, in the world, in, in, the, in the country at the time. And so I'm back there shaking, you know. Rainey, Rainey's out there break, he, 380 yards on us. Uh, they had a dude that went to Alabama. I can't think of his name. He was a fullback. He was really a running back. He played fullback for Rainey. He was just a dog. But um, I, had, I had a decent game. You know, I made a couple tackles. I had a pick. And so I think from then on, I was like, man, these guys are going to the best school in the country. Uh, I, mean, I have at least a chance to play somewhere. And so I think, you know, from my freshman year on, I knew I had, I had a legit shot. I was the same. No, no, don't worry about what Rainey did to you. I was the same graduating class as, as them at St. Thomas. And uh, we watched Chris Rainey do that to St. Thomas. Chris Rainey did that to everyone. He was everybody. Nice. Sophomore like, year, junior year, everybody. senior year. I'm going to tell you, man, one like Chris Rainey, I don't, I don't care who you are, man. If, if, you, if you follow high school football, one of the greatest uh, high school like sees like careers I've watched just following it, man. Chris Rainey's legendary. Like, but bro, they'd have they'd have real, both the pouncy both the pouncy brothers on the same side mm -hmm. of the ball. They play guard and tackle, and they would just yep. counter, and they'd be <laughs> and, then, the and, then, and then you got a track star that could run on a ten yeah. five hundred meter and, and disappear. Like it, it was a, it was a crazy setup they had uh, in Lakeland, man. They had a defensive tackle, I think, from that team that came to Florida. He didn't like pan yeah. out. Paul John Wilson Brown, right? was on that team. John Brown, yeah. Yeah. They Paul had, Wilson uh, was on that team. It, it, I, I know Steve the guy Wilkes, here. Yeah. Ahmad Black. Yeah, Wilkes, yeah. All right. That's not make Lakeland too happy. This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had, they, had seven, they had seven cats go. They had seven yeah. cats go to Florida that year. So yeah. it's pretty impressive. Right, 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 right. How did, um, how did safety come about? Was that just because, hey, they had, they had an opening on the team or on I think the roster so. that year? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, and I wasn't afraid to, like, throw my stuff in there and hit somebody, you know, and, like, a crosser or anything like that. So I would always – I mean, day, first couple of days, I'm in there trying to smack people as hard as I can. And they're like, oh, well, he's probably too small for a linebacker, so put him at safety. And then, long story short, my the last game of the year, we were we were one and eight at the time. One and eight, barely getting guys to come to practice. You know, they, they call it, like, the turd dynasty back, in, back <laughs> in my, at my high school. It was, it was horrible. Last game of the year, uh, the coach goes, hey – um, we're gonna put you at quarterback this week, and we're gonna see how it goes. And that was against Naples High School, who had like Nick Alajajan, um, had the cat that went to uh, uh, Wisconsin, the running back. I mean, they were they were dogs too. And uh, like I said, held my own. And then from then on, my coach was like, "Hey, we're gonna keep you at quarterback. We're gonna send you to Florida, do a quarterback camp there, send you to Florida State, go to USF, and basically learn how to play quarterback." You know, from then on out. Trey, were you mainly being recruited? I mean, obviously, I knew you, you you signed as a quarterback to the University of Florida, but were most schools recruiting you as a quarterback or were a lot of schools saying, hey, we want you to do that? But obviously, you're super athletic, played a bunch of positions, you know, in high school to say, hey, would you keep your mind open or how did that conversation come about? I think the majority of them wanted to tell me what I wanted to hear and uh, I wanted to play quarterback. 
know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, you don't realize that then, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 you can do this, you can do that. And so, um, but then at Florida, Brantley was the only scholarship quarterback on the roster, you know? So, like, I'm like, oh, well, damn, well, I'm at least going to be the second string dude, worst case scenario. And that was obviously my dream school as well. So, um, it was it was a no-brainer for me. That, um, what was that recruit, that recruiting class at the time, 2010, was – Best the ever, greatest, the greatest <laughs> recruiting class of all time. Ronald Powell, yourself, Dominic Easley, um, Floyd, Elam, mm-hmm. Elam, Shree Floyd. Mm-hmm. All yeah, what was right. um, what was that? What was being part of that recruiting class like? Did you guys talk to each other as as recruits? I know that like uh, Floyd and Easley committed like at the Under or not the Under Armour game, the All American game. But did you know that like, hey, we're putting together? something special in this recruiting class? Yeah. I mean, I knew we had some, some ballers coming in for sure. I know like uh, whenever I came, so I committed my, I was the second guy to commit in my class. Ian Silverman was the first guy to commit mm. um, out of Jacksonville. I forgot what high school out of Jacksonville, but um, it was our sophomore year. So we were go, we're graduate, we're graduating sophomore year after spring ball and sophomore year going into junior year. And so like, I knew as a quarterback, like my job was like, Hey, let's try to recruit as many guys as we can. Ian was doing the same thing, you know, from, from the line standpoint, and so, yeah, like whenever, you know, we knew there was a kid on the, on, on the fence or there's a guy that we were looking at, like, you know, you reach out to him and say, what's up. And whenever you get a chance to um, connect, whether that's at a camp or like I, I would, I played Jalen Watkins every year in the playoffs, you know, uh, at Cape Coral. And so, um, yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so we just, we would just connect, you know, from that standpoint, you know, on social media, text each other every once in a while, but we knew we had something special um, and we knew we had, a, we had a chance to be really good. Social, that, that's early days of social media. Yeah, early, real early, for sure. Um, what what was what was it, it like when I guess like signing day comes and, and did you guys know like hey we have a chance to be special or did you still have that mindset like hey it doesn't matter what the stars are you have to come and you have to earn it and you have to you know put the work in. I mean, I don't think you really realize that until you actually get to on campus, you know, and get sure. into right. meetings and. And your first team meeting, and like you're sitting in the back row, and Urban's just going ham on somebody, and you're like, "Damn, like that's not the, that's not the dude that was recruiting <laughs> me you know, <laughs> a couple of months ago." That I was sitting in the living room, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I think everybody has that culture shock, you know, moment like welcome to college football moment, you know, where they don't really care about the stars and none of that stuff. But I remember, I remember for me, the first time I'm on campus, I just moved in. Uh, the next day, we, early morning, we're doing like measurables, height, weight um you know not, not not necessarily like speed stuff but just like height weight and that type of stuff and urban walked in and i'm standing here i got josh shaw uh on my left and i got ian josh on my right shaw. right and so we're standing there and we're talking and urban walks in he's like walking fast and, and we all like oh coach what's up man how y'all doing and he goes to ian he says you're not big enough to play offensive line to josh something about like you're not fast enough to play safety and he said to me he pointed to me he says you you can't throw I hope you guys weren't recruiting mistakes and turns around and walks away. <laughs> we were like, like, what? <laughs> what is this dude I like the psychology is what's going on there. Totally crazy, different guy that, that was in the living room telling, telling everybody what they wanted to hear. You know, yes. you're 24 yeah. hours into it and wait, I can't throw anymore. What do you mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Hey Trey, what was your, uh, what was your perspective on my man, Tim Tebow on your recruiting visits? So you come to university of Florida on visits um, you're playing a little quarterback, a little wildcat thing. You're doing your thing in high school. So I know you had to like interact with him a little bit. What was that interaction like from a recruit perspective? I had no conversation, no, no. interaction, none. Nope. 
He was gone when I got there. Oh, you, he was already gone when you got there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, okay. yeah, yeah. They, they, they won the Sugar Bowl, and then like three days later, I was on campus. Mm-hmm. Also, in your recruiting process, you never met him? Nope. Maybe no? shook his hand, maybe maybe mm-hmm. once, but no, nah, nothing. Oh, okay. I remember. Yeah, I thought you guys were maybe in the, right, in the, in the recruiting process. Um, no, I talked to Jordan Reed a lot. I mm-hmm. talked to Jordan Reed all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I, I asked that. I got a, I got a Jordan Reed question later. Go ahead, go ahead. You should have so, known something was. You should have known something was funky there, Trey. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm committed as a quarterback. You're not going to let me talk to Tebow, but uh, <laughs> Jordan Reed's my guy. Like Urban, what, what's happening here, my, my, my man? No, nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Trey, I want to ask you. So, you know, your freshman year, you come off uh, like a bat out of hell against a Kentucky. Uh, game where you score six touchdowns. Uh, I think you tie a school record or set the school record. What was that like? I mean, as a freshman, I mean, you're, you're scoring all over the place. What was what was you going through your head? You Go saved ahead. me a bet that game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a friend. I got a friend named Marcus Williams, right? He's from Kentucky. He's a Kentucky fan. Uh, he played basketball there. And he bet me that game. He's like, this is the year we end the street. And I was like, bro, you're out of your mind. He's like, y'all offense struggling. <laughs> He said, like, we're going to beat y'all. I said, bro, we just got more talent. And then you went bonkers, bro. You saved me, uh, I think, $300 that day because yeah. he was feeling good. That's and they had, a good, uh, they had a good team that year. Like, yeah, they, 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 they are. That was a good game. Yeah. They had uh, Randall Cobb. Was Randall Cobb playing quarterback? Randall Cobb, at, at correct. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was uh, playing everything. Everything, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it was cool. I mean, I didn't really realize it, honestly, until, like, I was – I remember one of the times I scored – and I sit down on the sideline, and uh, Mike Pouncey just comes up and, like, smacks my, smacks my helmet on my shoulder pads. It was like, bro, you've just scored five touchdowns. And I'm like, damn. Like, I honestly had no clue. Like, I don't remember. Because, like, it was every time I touched it, I was I was scoring because we were in that position, you know, running the Wildcat and that type of stuff. But, uh, no, I'm just, you know, thankful for Herb. I remember, you know, there was some controversy on the sidelines. Should we go for six or should we not? And he was like, no, nah, he's going to score six. And so he put me in the last couple of plays to let me score the six one. Now I'm getting, like, I'm remembering that season now. Like, you know, I'm getting a little comfortable in this conversation. <laughs> okay, so the season started. That was a wild season. The season started wow. by man Pouncey rolling, rolling snaps. What was that like? That was wild. Remember that, bro? That was, was insane. There. Yeah, there, yeah, there was a lot of Gator fans that were angry <laughs> no. about this guy because his brother was obviously like an all-SEC, all, uh, right, you right. know, all-American. Then the first couple games, you're like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> he yeah, bowled I, balls for like two I, games. For, yeah, two or three games. I don't remember I don't remember what, you know, the problem was with that. But, I mean, knowing him, I mean, I remember him grinding. And every time we're doing walkthroughs, you know, you normally you don't snap the ball during a walkthrough. But, like, he was making sure he'd get a couple – two or three four snaps i mean obviously he was a dog one of the best to you know play at florida but that was that was a great i forgot about i forgot all about that he did do that a couple times so that wasn't even like like moonshots like way over there yeah that was was a wild gambling (laughs) season for me so i'm remembering all my gambling moments like a little bit so i remember the betting the game with you so i'm getting comfortable here i remember that game and like in the beginning of the season we had this crazy thing of like moving him to center because his brother played center before so he didn't play it before and then he was rolling snaps. And that was Adazio's first year at OC, correct? Yeah. It was a, it was a lot. It was a lot of things uh, going on. It was like the beginning of the fall. Do you remember how <laughs> hot it was when we played USF at home week two? Yes. Yeah. Boy, it was so hot. A bunch of people say I that sh- that was the hottest game they've ever been to. It was hot. A bunch of people, they said they ran a bunch of fans. They said they ran out of water at the stadium, and they had to take people and drag them out to the like the the, the give blood buses, and they're giving mm-hmm. people IVs. Mm-hmm. They're passing out. Bro, it's so hot. 
Um, so, so wait, Pouncey wasn't like doing that stuff in practice. Like you just like showed up to a game and all of a sudden he's shooting like rainbow jump shots back to back snapping. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember him doing it maybe once or twice, but it wasn't, I mean, the games were that it was so, we were so surprised because he wasn't doing that normally. That's wild. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Trey, be, beyond that game, what are some of your other favorite uh, memories that you have uh, playing for the Orange and Blue? Well, we beat Georgia that year. I think mm-hmm. that was the only time I, I beat Georgia. That was when um, uh, I think Sturgis got hurt and they put Chaz Henry in the kick yeah. field goals. And uh, we kicked a, he kicked the field goal in overtime to win it. That was the same game where uh, Will Hill in, in overtime picked, I think it was Stafford at the time, or maybe uh-huh. Aaron Murray. Yeah, that was the longest interception return in like, college no football history. Yeah, yeah, no touchdown. No touchdown. No yeah. touchdown. I was like, y'all, it's taking them forever to get there. Yeah, that was Shout wild. That was fun. I mean, uh, we beat Florida State, I think, my junior year. We, 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 we should have went to the national championship that year. That was the year we mm-hmm. lost to Georgia and had six turnovers in one game, mm-hmm. um, which sucked. Uh, I don't know, man. Tennessee, we always I always beat Tennessee, always beat Kentucky. You know, those games are obviously fun as well. But, I mean, there's so many good memories. What was it like going from from Urban Meyer, um, you know, your first year there under Urban Meyer to to Will Muschamp? Obviously, there's a, a big philosophy change, you know, background change. But what was that experience like for you? Uh, I, think, I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Like, they love Muschamp. Like, Muschamp is one of my favorite coaches, you know, of all time in the sense of, like, he's just such a, a player's coach. You know, obviously things didn't work out on the field, and um, he's always had a hard time, you know, hiring offensive coordinators and that type of stuff. But uh, he was just super, fun to be around. Super passionate, man. Super passionate. Oh, man. Yeah. You love the guy, bro. Like, he's all sure. – he's dialed in. You know, he's, you know, going to fight for you no matter what. Um, and the guy that's like, hey, come to the office and come hang out for a little bit, you know, instead of, like, stay away and don't – you're, like, you're not worthy to come and hang out. You know, it's just a complete different – uh, culture change a lot of people think um him being a defensive guy he didn't really mess with the offensive players but it sounds like he was just maybe not like game planning offense but that oh, it didn't matter players, what side man. of the ball you were on that that you were yeah champ. i mean you just you just never saw unless it was like a team meeting you never saw him you know because he was so dialed in with like whenever we split to go offense defense like he's he's gone you know yeah. whereas urban would stay in and hang out so um yeah you just you didn't see him as much. Obviously, I would I would imagine he's a lot closer to the defensive guys, you know. But he was sure. still cool and you know wanted to get mixed in with offensive guys as well. I had, I had another question. What 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 was the is there any thought process to your number number eight when you were at Florida? No, but what had, I was number thirteen the first four games and. Uh, and something happened where, like, Urban wanted me to do more – play more special teams. And so he's like, all right, we'll put him on kickoff. And D. Finley was 13. And he was, right. like, our best – one of our best special teams players, you know. And so uh, we had – D. and I had to meet – or we met with the equipment guy. And I was like, hey, you know, who wants to change your number? And D. was a, a veteran guy. So I was like, I'll take – I'll change mine. No big deal. And then uh, I, don't, I don't think there – I think eight was the only single-digit number available for the offense side of the ball. And because uh, Jeremy Brown had it as well. But he was uh, he was a DB. Yeah. And so, uh, and he was not on a lot of special teams. So, I mean, I think that's kind of how we went about just being eight and stuck with it. The same thing with high school. Like, I started as a safety and I wore number 22. And then mm-hmm. I didn't change it. You know, when I was quarterback, I just kept 22. I don't know. Just didn't want to, I guess, not, didn't want my family to have to pay, buy another jersey. You know, it just was cool. Right, what we got. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a crazy year of injuries as well. Um, what, what was the vibes like when all the injuries started piling up? Uh, like around the locker room, the morale of the team. 
that kind of what that's kind of what they must jump in. I mean, even when the, the offense struggled, the defense was still good enough to win uh, ten games, right? Like oh, yeah. we were still yeah, elite. Yeah. So, what was the vibes like when we started? Like just when players start dropping. Yeah, it's just tough, man. Anytime you have young quarterbacks, you know, at any level, NFL, high school, college, um, and I believe we had, uh, was it Driscoll or Jacoby? I forgot. I think one of the, those two guys started. And, um, yeah, man, anytime you have to get – first of all, you got a young starter and you got younger backups, you know, and you got to get them in there to play. It's just, it's always tough. But, man, our defenses were so damn good. When Muschamp was there, bro, like unbelievably good. And they had so much talent. And so – uh, I've been on a lot of teams, man, that have had really bad offenses but have great defenses. And I think I would say the same same thing to the most part is, like, defensive guys always hold each other accountable, you know, in the sense of, like, you know, put the – we'll carry the load. We'll put the team on our backs. You know, they got to do their jobs, play their responsibilities as well. And so I've been fortunate to be on a lot of really good teams where easily you could have split, you know, and it could have been defense versus offense or, you know, however you want to split it. But um, been been around really good head coaches that have kept it, you know, pretty even keeled. And everybody, I mean, everybody knows the writing's on the wall, you know, like this is why we're not winning. But um, at the end of the day, all you can do is your job, you know, and you can't really worry about what everybody else is doing. You weren't concerned with like the injuries though? Like when players are just like, like career ending injuries that off season. Yeah. I mean, I remember specifically uh, easily got hurt and um, maybe it was like week three or four, or maybe it was training camp before. I mean, I mean easily was top, you know, three or five. He tore his ACL. I think it was like training camp, like missed right. the whole year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's just not much you can do about that, you know. Like it's all, yeah. What you gonna, what you gonna say? Like, no, nah, I ain't going out there because I'm not trying to get hurt, you know. Like, just, you just gotta go out there and do it. I mean, some of that stuff they put you through, bro, in the summer, man. Like right now, the mat drills and stuff they gotta go through. Ah, it ain't for everybody. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it ain't ain't no for bad. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Tate, you got – no one talks about the Matt drills. I've asked Tate Casey. He won't tell me. I've asked some other players. That seems to be like a, a fraternity thing. Like, you, you don't talk about Matt drills. Yeah, you just got to experience it, bro. It's a, I, I, I'll pass. Uh, Nick does not. <laughs> Want to keep him around I'll another pass. week. Only, only, only thing, bro, that I, mean, I, I think is really funny now looking back at it is that you – call it you're there for an hour, right? You're in there for an hour. They play uh, Sweet Home Alabama – they play uh, Tennessee's fight song. You know, they play LSU repeat nonstop. And you can barely I, you can barely hear the person next to you speak. And they're just blasting the music nonstop. And you're just running around and it's hot as hell in the gym. And there's a bunch of mats everywhere. That's all you really need to know. Mm. Okay. That's, all right. We're just going to get part of the show. I know we're about to go into like some NFL stuff and like drafts, all that stuff real soon. So I want to like, I want to <laughs> ask another must jump question before we move forward. So uh, you're moved on. You're in the NFL, right? You vibing. You, you probably, you know, like who knows what your Sundays like the, them days or your Saturdays. You look at the TV and Must Champ is giving little bro Clay the business. I was on the team there. <laughs> you still on the team? What yeah. was that like, bro? <laughs> it, 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 I don't think it was his fault, honestly. I think uh, so, someone, something happened with the personnel. And, right. uh I mean, much chance a fiery guy, bro. And he just, you know, <laughs> sure. lost, that was, lost that his was mind, Georgia too, know? wasn't it? Yeah, that was Georgia. Yeah. 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 That was a big one. And it was a it was a big situation too, I think. And we had too many guys in the huddle and he mm -hmm. just lost his mind. So what, I mean, what, ain't much you, ain't much you can do about it. What you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just gotta sit on, there. Wait, 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 it was on Clay or was on um Clay was Clay in the wrong or right? 
I think he went into the huddle and didn't like call the personnel loud enough, and the kid, uh, the cat that wasn't supposed to be in there, didn't come out, and so then Clay jumped in, and there's right. twelve guys in the huddle. So I he think that's what happened. In. Yeah, yeah. I think he was going in, or somebody went in for him, and they didn't say it loud enough. Somebody, regardless, someone didn't say whatever they were supposed to say loud enough to get the person out of the game that was supposed to be out of the game. So when, when, okay, you know, uh, much time's a fiery guy. So when he get in his bag of just chewing motherfuckers out, like. <laughs> what, what what does everybody do? Y'all, y'all just vibe. It happens to everybody. I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't name one person that didn't get yelled at like that, bro. And there's guys, multiple dudes that would just. And I don't even think he really says anything. He's just, <laughs> you know, with his head, <laughs> head bobbing and his foot stomping. Like, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really know if he. I don't think I, I I couldn't tell you one thing he said when he was yelling like that. You know, just because it's just all like so. <laughs> so even keeled, you know, right. his voice doesn't go up or down. It's the same exact thing the whole entire time. It's like through gritted teeth. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you just you just gotta hope that you're getting that at practice and not like not that the camera's catching you when it happens on the sideline. Because like, like you're saying it, Trey. Like everyone's gonna get theirs at some point. You're just hoping that it's you're just hoping that it's at one of the closed practices, not you know three thirty <laughs> CBS. Yeah, you ain't lying about that, man. You ain't lying. Uh, Trey, I had to step away for a second, but uh, when you were talking about it before, maybe you weren't. So um, I want to ask you: one of the guys that uh, that we we don't often talk about on this, uh, you know, on the show very often is just because his time is so short. But it was during your, I think, sophomore year. Charlie Weiss comes to University of Florida to be offensive coordinator. Uh, lots of jokes were made about him. Um, obviously, has a guy that was you know offensive coordinator with the Patriots, head coach of Notre Dame, and. Um, what was what was working with with Charlie Weiss like from a, a player's perspective? <laughs> Great question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've ever asked anybody from no, we have like what that's, it was like to like be with question. Charlie Weiss. But I mean, the the images of him, you know, you know, Trey, while you think about it, <laughs> was like him sitting like on the cooler, right, like just sweating his ass oh off, and <laughs> we're just like, man, what was? No, that's was a, I, just, I never asked anybody what yeah. was Charlie Weiss like at University of Florida. That's a great question, Dan. Well, he had a golf cart, so like he would drive everywhere with a golf cart and stay in there. I think maybe the cooler might have been like the first couple of days he was there, but then he graduated to the golf cart and went everywhere with there. But uh, no, I mean, suspension. yeah, I don't, I don't have really many good things to say about him, you know. So I'm, I don't really want to mm. like, I'm not trying to blast the guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like. I, uh, I, I had no relationship with him that we didn't, him and I didn't buy it very well. I will say, um, going into that was my sophomore year. That was much chance first year going into my sophomore year. I decided that I wanted to play safety instead of playing quarterback oh, and man. went, went, I went and told Muschamp that he's like, yeah, cool. Make sure you clear it with Charlie. And so I go and talk to Charlie. And at first I think he was like, all right, yeah, whatever, no big deal. And so I practiced like two or three, maybe four practices at safety behind like Elam and, all them because Muschan was a safety coach, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm back there, you know, hanging out, whatever. And then I remember, like, maybe after the first week of spring ball, uh, Charlie brings me into his office and was like, "Hey, you know, basically, long story short, you know, right. put the Super Bowl rings down on the table." And he's like, "Hey, I want to, I need you to play offense. I need you to do this and do that and do yeah, all these types of things for me." <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. He had a rings. Real cornball, man. That, that was his recruiting up. pitch. That was his recruiting pitch to a lot of the kids, man. You know, like, hey, this is what I've done. You know, why would you not come here? That type of mm-hmm. stuff, but. Did that his was rings really... say say did they say Weiss or did they say Brady on him? I don't, mm. I don't know if they gave one ring out to everyone. <laughs> I mean, the bigger check right then is like if you were most champ safety at that time, you about to get yeah. paid. Yeah, like that's, that's yeah. you getting paid. Yeah. No question. How it shakes out. 
no question, bro. But I mean, I don't know. So I ended up going back, obviously, to playing offense, and it was probably one of my worst worst years I've ever had from a football standpoint. So, um, but that's all. I mean, I, I don't really have much to say about him. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole offense. I mean, you can tell just didn't didn't vibe yes. with him. Um, you know, I told and, and glad you were a survivor. I told some crazy <laughs> lies when we hired Charlie Weiss. I told the most craziest lies ever on Facebook. Like I was like, yo, we just got the guy that that got Belichick like Super Bowls. Like we about to win it all. Yeah. Didn't, didn't pan out. That's um, what you think what, as a kid too, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You think the same yeah. thing as a kid. Like, right. oh, we're about to be dialed in. But you got right. a whole I mean you want to talk about like Muschamp was one thing, like difference between him and Urban, but like uh uh Charlie's whole offensive scheme was the a- a- absolute polar opposite of what Urban and them did. You know, so you got a pro style offense with a fullback uh with charlie weiss and you got you know five wide spread the most most speed you can possibly put on the field you know out there were urban so you got two completely different styles of ball and then you got two different completely styles of players you know you got kids that we don't we didn't have a fullback on the roster like we mm-hmm. who, who what's that you know you take a defensive lineman on the goal line and put him back there and play fullback you know mm-hmm. we, yeah, you didn't have a real fullback you know on the team so it just it was a tough fit hunter joyer came later yeah after that yeah My so guy. Who who was it was it was Weiss and then it, who was it? and then Roper, Peace Brent Peace Peace oh yeah Brent Peace from from Boise State um yeah what what was that like I mean what was your your relationship like with him I mean did it get better I mean what was yeah 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 I think I think Peace you know definitely was way way better than um Charlie uh we I like I think again man we still I think we had a young quarterback at least his, his first year I think I was Driscoll was for sure the quarterback then and I think Driscoll got hurt that year too. Uh, mm-hmm. That might against be the, Tennessee. The, yeah, against Tennessee. Um, yeah, because we played Miami and then we played Tennessee and he got hurt. And then you had Tyler Murphy come in and then Tyler got hurt, uh, you know, the next week. Skyler Morningweg. And, and Skyler Morningweg was there, you know what I mean? So this, this is the domino effect. It's hard to win, you know, when you have all that stuff going on from the offensive side of the ball. But um, people people generally like Pease. You know, he's he's definitely different, way different than uh, mm-hmm. Charlie was. Um, but, yeah, he, he was cool. I got a Skylar Morinwood question. Skylar Morinwood <laughs> got in a fight with somebody over some cleats. What was the defensive lineman? That was um, Gerald Willis. Yeah, Gerald Willis. Gerald Willis. Gerald Willis. Yeah, that was right there. I got to find somebody that was there for that story. I got to hear that. I got to get that. <laughs> so I, I got I got that story from Jordan Sherritt. Jordan Sherritt was number 17. Skylar right. was number 17. Gerald right. Willis forgot his cleats, like, at the apartment. Um, so, uh, what's his name? So Sherrod told him, go grab my cleats. So he grabs a 17 cleats and they're Skylers. Credit to Skyler. Jared Willis is from not a good area in, in near New Orleans. Yeah. Big 300 pound defensive tackle. And, and Skyler Morningway grew up like the son of a, a millionaire NFL coordinator. And he mm. went toe to toe with Jared Willis. So I don't think it wow. ended well for him, but, but props to you for, for trying to get your cleats back. <laughs> <laughs> to you, bro. That's nice. Yeah, man. So, hey, you can't. You got to You got to You can't go out like that, Nick. You Listen, know? bro. Can't. I can buy new can't cleats. Go back. <laughs> hey, those are your cleats now, brother. Hey, you ain't got to buy it. Give it to you for free. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just gonna talk to the trainer. Nah, 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 nah. Locker room culture, bro. Like, out, you can't let out. a guy just take your cleats. You know he took your cleats. It, it can't just be kosher. Just vibes. You just get some new cleats, Nick. Okay, listen, time, uh, the right. punter grabbed my cleats. <laughs> right, I'm Trey. Gonna have a conver- you gotta, I'm going to have you a gotta conversation. Have, you got to have a conversation about them cleats. You can't just take my cleats and just wear them every day in practice and it's just good vibes. Nah, bro, you got my cleats, man. Yeah, what do you mean? Jordan Sherrod's number 17. Those are his cleats. Those aren't mine. <laughs> I, I got my, my cleats are on my feet. 
because the next day your gloves are gonna be gone, right? Right. <laughs> right. Day, you ain't got no helmet. Like, That's right. <laughs> Listen, That's bro, we're not right, Alcorn bro. State. Yeah. This is yeah. the University of Florida. They got money. I'm gonna go. Yeah. And I'm getting new. I'm gonna get new gloves. I'm gonna get new cleats. Got to stay your ground, Nick. You, you got give, give somebody an initial take a mile, Nick. You know. That's, that's why. Right, I, that's why I was right. a baseball player. Because uh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, the cleats are yours. Try the Skyler. Skyler rules with the shits. I like it. <laughs> uh, Trey, I do want to. I want to ask you. Uh, Silk mentioned it before. Want to get into your NFL career a bit. Um, you go to the combine. Unfortunately, don't get drafted, but you get the opportunity to go uh, and sign with the Eagles, and, and that's just the start of a, a great seven-year career um, in the NFL. Um, what's that like going? Um, it, not to bring up a sore subject, right? But to, to get undrafted, but then you kind of have your pick of teams that you want to go to. How did how did that whole process work? And um, what was you know what was going through your head then? Bro, it's wild, man, because no one ever thinks they're not going to get drafted. You know what I'm right. saying? So like you you don't have I mean you don't have a plan after if mm-hmm. you don't get drafted. Like I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? You know what 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 you mean? <laughs> like <laughs> like I've done all this and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to play in the league. And my agent's like, no no no, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna get a couple calls. You know. Boom, boom, boom. We're, we'll be able to figure out, you know, there'll be a couple teams that are interested. And so, uh, long story short, you know, um, soon, like literally as soon as the draft's over, you just get nonstop phone calls. They call me, they call my wife, they call my agent, you know, a bunch of, bunch of teams just trying to figure out, uh, try to get a guy to come play. I would say, like, if I had, like, ten teams that wanted me to play, I would say six of them were probably just, like, uh, um, rookie minicamp invites. So, like, rookie okay. minicamps just, just like that weekend after the draft, and they might take – you know, all the rookies that are drafted, all the, all the guys that are brought in from the undrafted, and then, you know, maybe a couple guys that didn't don't have a vested year in the league go to mm-hmm. rookie minicamp. It's just like a three-day deal, and then, boom, they take like half of the guys, and they get rid of them, and then half the guys they keep on the, on the roster to training camp. And so I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. And uh, I remember out of all the teams, Chip Kelly was the only head coach that called me at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, man, this guy's legit. You know, like he's, he's telling me, I mean, they're going to tell you what you want to hear, but he was like, hey, no, well, you legit have a chance. You know, we like to carry four tight ends. We got five on the roster right now, but really only three are for sure in. So, I mean, you're going to have to win the, the fourth spot, but you have a legit chance. And so mm-hmm. that's all I needed to hear. You know, I didn't really look at the roster. I didn't even know who they really had on the, mm-hmm. on the team. Um, I just said, okay, I'm coming. I'll be there. And so uh, next day I was in Atlanta. Which, which is crazy to me, bro. I'm in Atlanta with my family. My uncle put on this awesome, you know, draft party. And I, fl- I was supposed to fly out of Tampa the next morning at, like, 7 a.m. And I'm thinking to myself, like, bro, I got to drive. It's 3, 4 in the afternoon. I got to drive straight to the house, pack up everything I possibly can, put it in a suitcase, and then hop on the plane early in the morning. Now these dudes are getting, like, two, three weeks before they actually have to show up to the facility. I'm like, bro, if y'all only knew what I had to go through, bro, and had to speed all the way down the, down the uh, Tampa, bro. No, like, no, no, no. I got rice now, man. Yeah, that was miserable, bro. That was so bad. But yeah, yeah, I show up there and I'm, you know, just one of uh, 90 dudes on the squad and not knowing that they only, you know, they only play, they only dress 46 and they only have 53 right. on the team, but you got 90 guys, you know, in the, in the locker room. Has, that, you, know, you have no no clue. What's that feeling like, though, man? You're a pro. Like, you just, like I tell Ahmad this all the time, man, like. Making it to the NFL, that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like, only yeah. the gladiators make it. People don't know, like, the smallest number of people that, that make it to even a tryout. Like, forget making a roster. Forget, like, getting, like, signed as an undrafted free agent. Like, getting, like, just making a roster. Like, that's that's hard shit to do, bro. Um, yeah. What's that feeling like, man? You made it. When you made it. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I always tell the young guys this, man. Like, all the rookies, especially the guys that are in my position. Shoot, even the guys that are drafted. Like during training camp, your rookie year, I mean, man, man, I guess any of the years, like 
I don't really care if the Eagles want me to be on the team, but I know there's 31 of the teams out there that I have a chance to be on, you know what I'm saying? So like when I get my opportunity in the games, um, whenever we do these cross team, you know, scrimmages during the week or whatever it may be. And like, I'm not going to get many reps in practice, but like I can do stuff before and after practice, you know, that I, I can get better at and I can work on that. And then whenever they need me to run scout team stuff, like I need, I need to do that. Cause I need to work. I need to work on myself. I don't, mm. like I said, I don't care how the guys in front of me do. Like I need to work on myself cause I, I'm going to make a team somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where it is. Like talk. I said, I got, I don't care if it's in Philly. I don't care, you know, if it's in San Fran, but I know I'm going to be on a team. And if that's just playing special teams, then guess, guess what? I'm going to be a dog on special teams. You know, I'm going to be lead, lead, the, lead the league in, in tackles as, as, a, as a rookie, you know, that type of stuff. That was just kind of my mindset because you can get, I mean, anything in life, bro, you can get so caught up in, like, where you at? Like, you know, where, right. where, do, I, where do I rank? Where do I place? You know, how am I right. doing? Everything's so, like, there's so much comparison in everything in life, you know? Correct. And instead of, like, worrying about that comparison, like, how can I get better in this time? And then let's figure out a way to make it, you know, however I can make it. It's all about the mindset, Trey. Yeah. How much do you think you're just your background? I mean, like starting football, playing safety, quarterback, running back, how much did just your versatility? Cause when you're talking about making an NFL roster like that, Hey, you've got the guys who are making $20 million at, at, you know, left tackle, that guy's going to be on the team. But if you can fill three roster spots because hey he's going to be on every special teams he can run the ball if we need him to he can catch the ball and shoot if all of our quarterbacks get hurt he can throw it a little bit how much did that just play into you being able to make a roster like hey trey can fill three different spots for us on this team i think i think it, it helped me a ton i think obviously like i was saying playing well when i had my opportunity i remember mm -hmm. my first time going into a preseason game um we might've been playing in Chicago and fourth quarter, you know, probably four or five minutes left in the game. Coach said, Hey, go in you, you get to play now. And we were all hand signals with uh, chip Kelly, you know? So if I screw something up, uh, I couldn't say, Oh, they, he called it wrong. Like, nah, bro. You look at, everybody <laughs> looks at the sideline. They look at the same guy and he tells mm -hmm. you what formation they're in. So, uh, boom, he does a formation. I get lined up. I get in my three point stance. I'm just running a, a go route. Right. The quarterback snaps the ball, whistle blows. They said, uh, illegal formation. I, land, I, I lined up in quads. Like, you can't run quads in the NFL. You can only run that in college. So we're just, there's four of us on one side where it's supposed <laughs> to be just me, you know, by myself by the other side. Uh, I, I just absolutely completely screwed it up, you know what I'm saying? But every other than that, every other time I was in there, I, I played pretty well. And so I made it really tough for Philly. Um, that was, like, another thing in my mind, like, make it tough for them to cut you. Mm -hmm. Make it tough for them to get rid of you. And so I was the last guy, like literally on the roster, and I was either going to go to practice squad or I was going to be on the active roster. But I scored once or twice in the last game. We played the Jets at home, and no question, I would have been picked up by by everybody else, you know, uh, out there. So they kept me on the roster. And then week one, I go in and I'm the backup on all special teams. You know, I'm literally like a linebacker's backup on everything. And second kickoff of the game, he tears his pec and doesn't play the rest of the year. And I hop in there and I do, you know, what I can. When I get the opportunity, I played. So I started on special teams all four phases uh, the rest of the year. After that, are there are there politics at the, at that level? You know, when you start dealing with like money and and there's some owners oh, yeah. probably that that want to you know, hey, I'm investing in this guy and he needs to be doing this. And how much had, did you see that in the NFL? Just the way that money gets involved and, and the way that politics and things shape you know rosters. There's politics on every level, bro. Bob mm. Warner, you know what I'm saying? Every level. I mean, I'm. I got daughter in gymnastics right now, you know, about to play competitive gymnastics. You better believe there's politics yeah. and competitive gymnastics. That might be even worse than the NFL, uh, you know, yeah. competitive gymnastics at that age. Probably is. You know, uh, the 
it sucks, man, because there's a lot of guys that should have got the opportunity, but because the GM made a mistake and drafted a kid who wasn't very good at all. Um, just, I mean, multiple scenarios, especially specifically in Philly that I remember were like, man, they're drafting these cats and they're coming in and you're like, man, they drafted this dude in the fifth round. Like what is going on? You know, what the heck, you know, and, but they can't, they can't cut the cat cause he's a fifth round draft pick, you know? And so they obviously, they try to develop him, try to play him. He ends up on practice squad and the next year they usually get rid of him, but it happens a ton, man. And there's a lot of guys that deserve an opportunity. You know, that, that's why I was kind of happy about these, these other leagues that were forming up because mm. you know, guys like I'm specifically talking about my brother, like, man, my brother was a dog in Buffalo for the couple of weeks he was there. He was playing really well. He's running with the ones during training camp. And then boom, hurts his ankle. And because he's an undrafted dude, they owe him no money. Yeah. We'll catch you on the we'll catch you on the flip side. And then they don't need they don't need to they don't need to bring any any other tight end in the whole year, you know. So then he gets a short end of the stick because no one saw him really play, you know, during during mm. training camp. Because obviously it's all, you know, kept private. And then boom, he gets hurt saying, Oh, we'll bring you back, we'll bring you back. And none of the then the tight ends get hurt and he never gets an opportunity. Whereas some other dude that probably shouldn't have been there you know, is out there because they got drafted high and the mm-hmm. GM made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Trey, I want to ask you, um, fast forwarding a couple of years, you know, the, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, uh, probably an incredible feeling, but then uh, then your number gets called for the illustrious Philly special. What goes through your mind when that play gets called, knowing what, what you're going to have to do and then knowing that that play is going to live in, uh, in, in Philadelphia lore for the rest of history? Honestly, bro, I didn't, didn't think much at all. Like I, mm. We were coming out of a timeout, and uh, for some reason we were late to get huddled up and late to get the personnel in. And uh, I remember just standing on the sideline, and I'm standing next to my coach because I, I like to hear what the play is, you know, going in every single time. And it was fourth down on, you know, the two- or three-yard line, and he goes, uh, the personnel is called Cub. And he, like, grabs me, like, Cub, 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 and, like, throws me in there. So I'm, like, stumbling, you know, trying to – get out there to the huddle and I remember getting in the huddle and we all like just got there right at the right time with a couple seconds left. And cause you need a little bit of time cause Foles has to go in motion and then get completely set. You know what I mean? And, and then the uh, Corey Clement had to like shift over and get the snap. So uh, yeah, I didn't have much time. I remember when we broke the huddle, one of the guys was like feeling special, like as if like he didn't know what, what to do. And so like, <laughs> I was like, yo, we're over here. Come over here. You know? And I was kind of talking to him while we were getting set up. And then, um, yeah, the ball was snapped. And so I didn't have it. If it was like a thing where like we called it and then we called a timeout and then we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to run it, then I probably would have screwed up. You know what I mean? And definitely wouldn't have been anything of what it was. It probably would have been the worst play in Super Bowl history. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's one. There's really no gray area. Like it's, nah, it's yeah. black black or white there. <laughs> we had, um, Philly. Yeah, we had, that's what I wanted to get into. We had Caleb Sturgis on last week and we were talking about Philly fans. Um, and he said basically like, if you're playing well, you do something good. No fan base in the world is going to love you the way that Philly fans will love you. Um, yeah. You mess up. They threw snowballs at Santa. They're going to let you know that you messed up. Do you think you would ever pay for a drink or a meal in Philadelphia the rest of your life? Yeah, I have. I have for sure. No, Philly fans Philly fans are awesome, dude. I mean, the thing with Philly, man, and really a lot of these fans is that they – they don't really care if you screw up. It's more about like your effort, you know, like if, mm. if you screw up and they're like, ah, oh, you know, what the hell, then they're going to be pissed off. I mean, I get this guy out of here. But if you're like, yo, I screwed up, but you still smack somebody or, you know, you make up for it some other way. Like they show you, they show, they show a lot of love and they love guys who do that. Like, I mean, I think of somebody like off the top of my head, uh, Jason Kelsey, you know, I, I think he should be a hall of fame center. You know, he's still there. He's played you know, 10, 11, 12 years he's made mistakes, you know, but bro, like he plays hard as all get out. And he's one of the, probably one of the most loved players in the history of Philadelphia, just because of him and his effort and what he does and how really is, 
And so I think if you go in there and you start, you know, you talk about like a Ben Simmons type of guy, you start beating around the bush and, you know, yeah. you don't really don't really have a reason and, you know, no one really believes what you're saying and everybody knows, you know, what's, what the deal really is, like, then that's when they lose, you know, you lose a lot of respect and a lot of trust from them. And it's bad, man. You don't want to be on that side. I can't. Trey Burton's paying for meals in the city center of Philadelphia. I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there much, but when I am, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm incognito, you know, one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I just want to have my good food, man. They got some yeah, good yeah. food in Philly, bro. Yeah. Real good he's, he's at the Continental. Best, like, who is best, this guy? best Philly spot in, 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 in uh, Philadelphia. For what? For, for what? Cheesesteak? Yeah, cheesesteak. Um, I like Jim's on South Street. Jim's is a spot. There it is. It's a good spot. We had Sturgis on last week, and he had like Pat and Gino's and and that, but that's not like if you're if you're from Philly, that's that's the tourist spot. That's the one to go to if you live there. Yeah, yeah. but but if you do live there and your family comes in town, like you're gonna take them there. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. just check it out, and they're literally on the opposite side of the streets, and just the whole vibe. It's cool. But Jim's, Jim's, Jim's is it. Yeah, Dallas. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't get your. Um, I didn't get your. I like next. Uh, everybody, every player that come on here that that, that makes it NFL. So I think you got like your big check. Like when you start feeling like you know what I'm saying you're okay and like what was your biggest splurge that you well, kind of that you regret and you're like you're a little embarrassed about. My, I remember my first check was uh I was my, it was my signing bonus it was ten thousand dollars and I got the check and it was like seventy two hundred dollars. And I was like, what, oh, what, happened, what happened to my other 2800 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It said, said 10000 not 7200 Like, what the heck? So I knew from then on, like, bro, I can't do nothing stupid with this because they're already yeah, taking so, yeah, you know, they already like, a huge chunk of it. Yeah, they're already getting me off the rip. Uh, I mean, I would say, I mean, it just depends. I mean, this is not financial advice for anybody, but, like, but we when I bought my wife a car, it was a used car, and it was I didn't realize at the time, but, like, after your car hits, you know, 35 40 50 000 miles and that warranty is up like that's a wrap it's all out of pocket after that you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so that was probably one of the dumbest things i did was just buy i tried to get too good of a deal and bought like badly timed badly miles used cars right, that right, just right, were kind of right, like you right, know right, down right. downhill ever since then cars always <laughs> fuck us when we're young man it's <laughs> so no, no, get mad, man. <laughs> Suck. Bro, Trey Trey learned the hard way that like before the check hits his account, like the agent gets their cut, Uncle yeah. Sam's taking his cut. Seventy seventy two is egregious, man. If you got ten, boy, you I was need all, you need all ten of them things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel you, bro. No, nah, the age, the agent part sucks, okay. bro. Because they don't. They, if they I'm don't expecting ten and they send me seventy two, I'm gonna be hot. Like oh, yo, yeah. Yeah. yo. I'm shot almost yeah. three, so you baby. Got, you got the seventy-two, and then you had to pay the agent on top of that. Yeah, so you, you thought you were getting ten, shit. thought you were getting ten, only got seventy-two, and then it wasn't even seventy-two. Bro, the agent stuff sucks, bro, because they don't they they bill you at the end of the year. Oh. They don't know if you're gonna be on the on the roster or not. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. boom, you know, you make you know a million dollars, you're paying them thirty bands right off 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 the rip. <laughs> Christ, and it, and it it's not off of what you make. It's not off of what you get. It's what you make. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, so, so boom, you make a million dollars, you're really making 500, but you still got to pay the agent 30,000, you know, like, Oh, I, know, just, I see. I see. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about that when you first, you know, show up, you're like, Oh, well, okay, well I got 500. So I'm gonna pay him off of the 500. But no, it ain't like that. It's off of <laughs> what you make. <laughs> That's when you got to hit him with the Kevin Hart. You're like, you see the way my, my checking yeah. account and my savings account <laughs> works. I only have yep. this. Um, yeah, and then you guys, was it a shock or did somebody tell you, you guys only get paid during the season, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you don't, training camp, you, 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 yeah, you've never got paid before, so you don't really know what to expect, mm-hmm. you know. And then, like, when the season's over, you're, you're like, oh, damn, I don't get no more money, you know. And then <laughs> you have to wait till you got to wait till a player performance comes around in March, you know, and you get a, mm-hmm. a, a decent size check depending on how much you played. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's it messes you up. I'm not gonna lie, the first year or two, you know, try to budget all of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, right, 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 right. Mm. Uh, after after Philadelphia, after you guys win the Super Bowl, you, you do get an opportunity to send that big contract with Chicago. Um, you know, what was that like to to finally? I mean, obviously you had a, a couple years in the NFL, you did well, um, but that was the big one. What was that? Um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, man, it was a huge sigh of relief. You know, <laughs> I felt like after my first year, um, I could, I proved to myself that I could play. You know, like that was always that's always been my thing. Like I remember my first time in the swamp when I was a sophomore. I, I told you guys I went to that quarterback camp. I remember I walked in the swamp for the first time and I, I remember I called my mom immediately and said, Hey, I can't do this. Like I, I'll never be able to play at a place like this. Like this is too grand for me. The facilities are ridiculous. There's 50,000 students on campus, you know, like there's the best kids in the country here, you know, right, right now at this quarterback camp. And I remember, remember doing that. And obviously as I, you know, got a little older and junior and senior in high school, I was able, I realized like, Oh, no, I can legit, I have a chance to do this. And um, I got the offer obviously as well, but then you get to the league, man. they like, I'm just trying to make it, you know, I'm, I'm ignorant to everything. I don't know what's going on on the outside of me, bro. But I know like if I get to step on that field, like I'm going to do what the best I can. And so my first two years, I was just strictly playing special teams. Right. And I remember I had an older uh, tight end named James Casey, who's actually a tight end coach for the, for the Bengals. Now um, he was like, Hey, listen, bro, you need to do everything you can to get on a team, but you need to get that special teams label off of you. Like you don't just be a special teams pl- player. And like, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Cause after year two, if all you can do is special teams, you have no more value than special teams, and you're only going to get paid special teams money. You know what I'm saying? And so, I I mean, I, I respected the heck out of that. Like, yo, thanks for being honest with me and keeping it real with me. So then during practice, I'm on scout team, and I'm going against guys like Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm trying to route mm. Malcolm Jenkins up. every. I mean, him and I are going at it, bro, at it every single time. And I had Sanchez as quarterback, and we'd be in the huddle, and they show they draw, put the card up to, like, run this play, and Sanchez would be like, I'm throwing it to you. I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, and I, I worked on my craft and on my skill – for year three and year one and two during during scout team and so then boom we had a new head coach doug peterson came in and he wanted to run more of a three tight end scheme and we were just killing people with three tight end stuff because me selig and Ertz could you know we could do we were interchangeable for the most part so it really put a lot of stress on the defense and so after year three you know i had a couple touchdowns had a couple catches i'm like man i might have a chance after year four to sign a deal you know and so that's when me and the GM started going back and forth. You know, he's like, hey, you know, we want to sign you. What do you want? I'm like, well, I want this. And he's like, oh, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, we'll figure it out. And so they ended up putting like a – they call it a tender on me. It's what only uh, only undrafted guys can get because you, you're not a free agent until you have uh, five years uh, or four years of credited seasons under your belt. So you can't actually be a free agent. Yeah. That's you insane. Can't be a free agent. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, maybe it's three. It's three years because the fourth year is your tender year. So you, if you don't have three years of uh, of eligibility, basically, which is uh, six games, uh, then you can't be a free agent, like a free free agent. Then you're a restricted free agent. And so long story short, before instead of getting all into all the technical stuff, I remember him and I were about to play in a preseason game, me and the GM, and we're sitting on the field. And I said, I, he said, "What do you want? We want to keep you." I said, "This is what I want. This is what you gave the guy before me. I'll take this happily and walk away." He says, we can't do that. And I said, okay, well, I'm gone. Like, I'm not staying here anymore. And then, boom, the rest of the year played out. I had a great, you know, year. Obviously, we won the Super Bowl, which was really, obviously, was really beneficial to me. Um, and then I ended up, you know, being able to go to Chicago. But I knew I had a chance 
to do that, it's just like the politics and, you know, getting right. pushed back and not really being able to play like to the full, my full uh, capacity because I was behind Ertz and Selleck, you know, and the only time I really got to play was when uh, Ertz or Selleck got hurt. And I hated that, you know, because they're my boy, they're my boys and they've been mm-hmm. nothing but phenomenal to me. So it's just, it's really complex and there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that go into it. Hmm. That that's great advice. Cause like, <clears throat> as I was saying before, and, we, and I asked you like how you were kind of, able to do so many things to get on a roster, but you never really think that, Hey, you don't want to get stuck with that label. Like you might make a a team, you might make a team for being able to play on special teams. And like you said, you're on all four teams, but then if you become just that, then you're only getting that money. And then you maybe just start bouncing around and you know, you're on three teams in a year only playing special teams because you become expendable in their mind. It's a tough spot for like guys like me. They call me like a tweener. Like I'm not really mm-hmm. a tight end. I'm not really a wide receiver. I'm not a fullback. You know, so like I don't really necessarily have a position. There's a lot of a ton of guys on defense. You know, especially linebackers and outside linebackers and like safeties. You know, yeah. Uh, they they're all for the most part the same. You know, they're, some of them might be a little bigger, a little faster, that type of stuff. But there's not much that separates people from certain positions. And so like man, he was like, once you get this label as a special teams player, bro, like it's almost impossible to get. And then you got to play at that at same level. Uh, from a special team standpoint, you know, the rest of your career or else, you know, that one year you have off, you're gone. Yeah. Well, boys, any more questions? I mean, this was a hell of an interview, Trey. No, nah, man. Great vibes, man. <clears throat> what what you been up to these days? What bro got going, man? You could? You good? You got PTSD yeah, yeah. from that argument? Like, <laughs> nah, you good? They just they just won a state championship this year, so he good. Mm-hmm. good. He coaching? Yeah, at the high school, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, Trey Burton's a uh, dad now. You said how many? How many kids you got? You got the. You said you got the girl going in gymnastics. Man, I'm an old dad, bro. I, I got three kids. I got. I got nine, a nine year old, a seven year old, and about to be five year old. These boys not going raw like that, Trey. They ain't got no kids. Man. <laughs> no. no. Uh, Trey, where are you back in? Uh, like the Venice area, or? Uh, I live in Tampa. Yeah, oh, okay, Tampa. cool. Uh, we, lo- we love it here, man. There's a lot going on. It's a cool little spot. City's blowing up, so it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to uh, We'll have to get together. I'm over here on Harbor Island, so. Oh, you are? Yeah. You fish? Oh, my God. Oh, I do. You asked yeah, the wrong yeah. guy about a boat, bro. <laughs> hey. yeah, we'll we'll Silk, link up Silk, after Silk's this, Trey. Silk's Yelp yeah, review of Dan's, of Dan's captaining is, is not going to be on Dan's No, 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 no. It's great vibes. Great vibes. Trey, I'll hook you up after this. We'll, uh, we'll get out on cool. the uh, on the boat. We'll go fishing. We'll do whatever. We'll head down to beer can. Cool. Sounds good. I've never seen the fish on the boat, but. Oh, now we'll, we'll, if, we, if we go on my boat, we're fishing, bro. All right, cool. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got you, bro. I can fish too, man. Shout out to Trey. All right, Trey, hold it down, bro. Trey, I got one more for you. What, um, Hold what, it got what, hostage, Nick. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. What's um what's your relationship like with Florida now? Obviously, since you've been gone, the coaches have changed so much. Um, what's your relationship like with, with Florida and the university? Um, and, and maybe with Billy Napier and the new staff if there is one yet. It's great, man. Honestly, I can't I couldn't ask for a much better relationship. Um, I'm the only former player on the booster board. So I got on that probably like three nice. years ago. Um, just you know, wanted to stay involved, you know, with what's going on. A lot of times a lot of these schools, man, you got, um, you know, people with money that are a little older that don't aren't yes. really in check and don't understand right. the vibes of what's going on. So I don't understand why this, why I was the first one, but, um, you know, just with reaching out and being around like, yo, let me, let me help out in any way I possibly can. So a uh, great relationship. I mean, uh, Napier and I have talked, you know, before in the past, probably like a month ago, um, uh, he's reached out. So they know whatever they need from me, man, just give me a shout and um, we'll make it work. 
That's dope. Dope. Awesome, brother. See y'all, boys. Hey, Have a good night. Trey, it was a pleasure chatting with you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, much love, y'all. Talk to you soon. All Thanks, right, Trey. Good night, bro. See ya. Look at that. If Dan wouldn't have dropped the ball for so long, we would have had that great interview That's nuts, a year ago. Right. That's what nuts. is going on? Like Dan's holding like legendary like games is in like the holster. Life is good at Stadium again. Uh, that was a awesome. great interview, man. Trey yeah, was, was awesome. That was like 50 minutes of, of just incredible this is a great stuff. Great episode, man. This is this is good content. Bro, we before we cut to Gavin Dickey, uh, Dan was like Oh, uh, we'll get back into recruiting, and now I'm sitting up here looking. We've been going two hours. Yeah, two hours and three minutes, and we, you know, we've right, been tossing right. watermelons, been on doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, Silk, you didn't ask him about who had the best hands on the team, so I didn't want to say that for interview part like, two. Might have been him. Who Trey? Maybe no through hands. You don't know. No, I don't try. Doesn't me seem like seems, a hand thrower. No, he seems like a team gatherer guy. Yeah, right? peaceful. Break up the fight. Uh, uh, he seems like the guy that puts together the you know when they do the uh, uh, players only meeting. He's the guy that puts together the players only meeting and shit <laughs> when shit really is going bad. Like that's the type of guy. He sends the group is. chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, bro, we gotta get together, man. No coaches, just yeah. us. Yeah. Now, no now, I, now I, now I, <laughs> no wish now I wish we would have had this conversation. Trey would have been like, "All right, Silk, let's meet up. We're gonna go on Dan's boat, and we'll see how we'll see how I can throw hands." Or if I'm, we, we, ch- we change this up, we're going on on his boat. I don't yeah. want to fight. I don't want to fight anybody that's suited up for the Florida Gators. I'm be honest with you, man. <laughs> guys are phenomenal athletes. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm old. You know, not old, but older than them. Like they, they're in better shape. Dude, it's nuts. You know, when we were when he was talking, I was just thinking about his his time at UF, going from Urban Meyer to then Charlie Weiss, and I was just like, man, I don't think we've Christ. ever asked anybody about Charlie Weiss. But man, what a what I a disaster! To, I try I try to personally forget that he was he ever put on a game of polo. <laughs> forget forget that one year. And so Dan brought him up. I forgot that he ever coached it. So Dan brought him Dan, up, bro. Dan I, Dan painted the picture perfect. Because if I close my eyes and ooh. think of the Charlie Weiss. Tenure at Florida, right. he's sitting on that water cooler with a headset on. That's that's, that's, that's exactly what he's doing, right? That's it. Oversized khaki. He had his fupa area, and he had that like <laughs> ugly orange and blue like clashing shirt that he wore. I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna tell you what Apparently, I told my friends. Apparently, the golf cart took him to the to the cooler, and then the golf cart pick him back up at the cooler and take him to his locker. <laughs> right, right. Shout out to the golf cart. That golf cart <laughs> earned his goddamn salary. <laughs> Oh um, my gosh! But man, we didn't even ask him. He played for four different coordinators: Weiss, uh, I guess uh, Adazio, three. Weiss, Pease, oh, yeah. and then was he was there for Roper? I don't think he was there for Roper. Okay, so three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He had to call it quits by then. Peace. I just looked him up. He's a wide receivers coach at the University of Montana. If you guys are wondering, a lot about him too. A lot about all of them. A lot about a lot of people. Everybody lied about Brett. The only person I the Boise State guy. Right. The only person I didn't lie about was Adazio. I knew that was going to be Buns. Like, it's, like I just knew that was going to be a Buns. I was like, what is Urban Meyer doing? Anywho, You're but right. Brett Peace, Charlie, Charlie Weiss, I lied about that. Um, well, we got in our bag with Kurt Roper. Oh, we like we Kurt Roper. Cutcliffe guy. Oh, my oh man, God, we're, we're, some... we're going to be saved. Woo! He's turning it over. I told some lies. Mm. He, man, mm. was he terrible. What a time right, that get, was. That's get, back but, when Twitter was a little bit more wild, too, you know? 
Are we back at Perkins? Yeah, we're back at Perkins. Um, right, come on. So yeah, almost uh, an hour and forty five minutes later, we're back at uh, at Perkins. Um, so uh, your thoughts? Let's give it. Let's give a take on where right, you think he it. signs. You think he signs with Florida? I already gave that take. We'll see, man. It's Louisiana, you know, and it's gonna be a roller coaster ride. Y'all gonna hear this tomorrow. It's gonna be Tuesday, all the way until he signed that paper. It's gonna be uh, roller coaster rides updates. What do you got for me, Nick? You like you reading your phone? You, you hit up uh, Corey. What do you say? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna throw Corey <laughs> under the bus. Um, I was just I was just sending out a tweet. That was an elite interview with Trey. I'm still buzzing off that one. That's good. Um, good vibes, bro. I ain't yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, look, Silk's, Silk's, uh, Silk's vibes coming into the show have been infectious. Now everyone's in a good mood. Hey, man, we good at this. I'm going to be honest with you. We're pretty good at this, bro. <laughs> so, I'm going to toot my own this. horn, but pretty pretty good at this, huh? Not my horn, our horn. It's a, it's a collective horn, man. We're pretty good at this, man. <laughs> one, one horn. Um, one, one, one horn, one sound. It's interesting. So, <laughs> same horn, same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, it's interesting because I, I I love the how people overreact to everything on social media and right. I don't know anyone that's ever had a bad official visit. So like the the Gators Online message board was freaking out because uh, Perkins was having a good time on he IG Live himself. and, and right, having right. a good time on his IG story. It's like listen, how no dare, one's ever how dare him. How dare, except for that one guy who had to put the video out with him and Brian Kelly on the uh, on the rotating thing. I think that might be the first bad official oh, visit. Man, in history nut the butt. Show. That was nut the butt. You can't go nut the butt. Mm. Uh, leave it there. Um, but yeah, I, I think Florida feels good. I think LSU probably feels good. Maybe Texas A and M's the only one. You know, the school that he was actually committed to. Um, the only one that, that doesn't feel good. Um, they peaced out. Mm-hmm. They peaced out. They, yeah, they, yeah. they are recruiting classes like damn near 30 already. So, 30. Um, but I think for oh, people, 30 people, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they have a large, large recruiting class. So, oil, oil money is, is historically good, though. Like, this was yeah, one of the best classes, yeah, all time. one of the best classes of all time. I think they had what sure. six five stars. So, that's pretty, right. pretty good. So, so Nick, you have to, you have to put your, your prediction. In. Um, in, I'll I'll lock him in with my extensive uh, knowledge of recruiting. I'll lock him into Florida. Wow, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna let the fans down, Nick. You, you're usually the one that comes with the yeah, realistic, usually right? usually the voice of reason. Yeah, I know. No, no, no I wouldn't say <laughs> that. Usually the voice of uh, skepticism, uh, the voice of um, angering the fan base. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, 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 angering the fan base. Yeah, you be when? a little bit. Uh, I'll what, I'll bring it up next says, week. Bro. Yeah, bring it up next <laughs> okay. week. Um, I too, uh, I'm going to go on the camp uh, of him coming to Florida. Um, I think that there's a, a lot of opportunity. I think he's got great relationships. I think his mom really is connected to the university of Florida. Uh, so I'm going to go with Florida. Um, certainly could be wrong, but, but that's the, the pick that I'm going with, uh, there. And I hope that they get him, you know, Florida desperately needs some linebacker help. I think that he sees the opportunity to come in and make a big impact right away. Um, I think that he's a guy that can play from day one. Um, and uh, and Florida could really use him. I think that they played their recruitment really well with him, and right now I think that they sit in the driver's seat for him, and we'll see in two days. So uh, let's get into –
two, Jacoby Matthews, another Louisiana guy uh, that has a great relationship with Corey Raymond, um, has been uh, recruited by Corey Raymond, you know, from his time at LSU, um, you know, is a, is a, a four-star guy on, on all the websites, um, anywhere ranked from, you know, the mid thirties to the, to the low seventies. Uh, there, uh, but uh, looking at a, a Florida LSU battle again uh, for Jacoby Matthews, six foot two, hundred ninety three pounds. Um, you know, Silk, any any thoughts there? Yeah, hopefully, we can make some like more, another Louisiana school very very mad, man. But yeah. uh, Jacoby Matthews, I think, is a guy still up in the air uh, as we're recording right now, Monday night. I think he's a little fifty fifty. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, you got to see him tweet. Uh, and, at a at a I think it was a senior day clip of like a kind of like some film breakdown. And he added our defensive coordinator in that tweet and, and talked about development. Um fresh off of Louisiana uh, LSU visit. So they I think I think we're on his mind. Um LSU is a big pull for those guys that are from that area. So you can't just like yeah. like get too confident, too happy. But I think we the our staff being from Louisiana. I think uh, uh, they they put on a good presentation. I think the visits went great. Mm-hmm. I think we're still on these kids' minds on a Monday, fresh off of an LSU visit. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. You don't want to get too happy because it's LSU. That's a big mm-hmm. pull. These kids yeah. are from there. They dream. They dream of playing there. You know, that's a big pull. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, we've done a good job in that recruitment, and I think we're we're in it, man. I think it's a little fifty fifty with with, uh, with Matthews at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, Florida would not be in this without, you know, Napier, Tony, and then obviously Corey Raymond, the relationship. Right. Um, yeah, with Corey Raymond going back to LSU. Um, I, I think it's tough and, and kind of like echoing what you said there, Silk. Like, you never are going to feel good about a kid from Louisiana uh, until like Florida sends out the tweet, which means like the national letter of intent has been signed and passed compliance. You're not going to feel good about it. Um, I think right now, if I had to put, you know, a pick in, it would be LSU. But I also agree with you. So, like, fresh off of a mm-hmm. visit, an official visit to LSU, uh, Gators are on, on his mind. If, if Florida can get Jacoby Matthews to commit, that's a huge credit to yeah. uh, Corey Raymond, Patrick Tony, and, and, and Billy Napier. Well, I mean, I think it's a huge credit for both of these guys, and I'm not the, the type of person that says if you come in second, you did a great job and you tried hard, and that's a win. Uh, I'm not a big moral victory guy when it comes to recruiting, but you know, Florida wasn't involved really in the recruitment of either of these guys two months ago, and the the, the way that that Florida made up ground. Yes, you can look at at prior relationships, but you're also selling a school, you're selling a program, uh, and to be able to to come and, and fight this hard, you know, I, I also think Jacoby Matthews is going to probably uh, go to LSU. But the fact that you got this far, I mean, I think shows the tenacity and and potentially how good this recruiting office can be. Uh, our recruiting staff can be, you know, moving forward. You know, I, I think a lot of what you expected out of this recruiting class was to, to fill in some gaps and, and try to get, you know, some higher ranked guys, if you could maybe get a four star or, or, or a couple in there, but to go in and grab a guy like Kamari Wilson and keep the, the commitments of Shamar James and, uh, Chris McClellan and then be, you know, neck and neck and potentially even leading for Harold Perkins and a Jacoby Matthews, you know, really, you know, shines a light on what this recruiting staff could be. No doubt. All right, boys. It's the end of the show. Silk, I think you got song of the week this week, but we also have a oh, Manscaped ad read. So yeah, bro, that's a lot. You give me a lot of tasks at one time. I sure do. I should have been more prepared. Day.
is coming. So, yeah, you need perfect time to groom <laughs> the man region. Uh, shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. The best of the best when it comes to preparing for Valentine's Day. Mm. Fellas, um, it's on you now. Like, you can't wait on her to get you this as a Valentine's Day gift because you got to be prepared for Valentine's Day, right? Mm-hmm. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You can't wait to get the gift and then she ain't got the gift. Then you kind of screw and then you're bushy on Valentine's Day and you kill the vibes, fam. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and visit manscaped.com. Get that lawnmower 4.0. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off, free shipping, and be ready for Valentine's Day, man. Don't show up bushy and all out of like, you know what I'm saying? Kill the vibes with that, man. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, boys, another great episode. Uh, Absolutely appreciate Gavin Dickey and Trey Burton for joining us this week. We will see you all at the same corner, the same time next week. Who's got a song? I'm I'm trying to figure out what song I want to play, Nick. Okay. Uh, Hmm. Let me get her. I like her's new album, H-E-R. If you don't listen to her, great vibes. Let me get I Can Have It All on uh, her featuring uh, Bryson Tiller. Hmm. Very good. Boys? Same corner, same time. You know the vibrations. Hey, if you're not coming to the Kush House on Wednesday, uh, we are streaming on YouTube. Go to the Kush. I'm, I'm sorry. Go not to the Kush House. If you can't make it to the Kush House, <laughs> go to the Roll Ups um, YouTube page. Subscribe. Follow us on TikTok, IG, same thing. We're going to get some some, some Stadium Miguel vibes going. Follow us. Check us out. We're going to be real loud on Silent Day. We're trying to kick some vibes, man. I appreciate everybody. Absolutely. Same same time, baby. Shout out to uh, Stadium and Gale listener Nick, who uh, I ran into at Total Wine uh, over the weekend. Mm. I think I had a shout out. Hold on, man. Shout out to – shout out, hold on. Shout out my man JP and my man Larry. Mm. Faithful on the timeline, giving us big love, man. JP gonna give me a video every week, man. Like, just giving it up, man. I think he does a Stephen A video every week. Oh, my man, Larry Gator is always holding us down on Twitter. Oh, man. he sure so, is. So and then big, shout big out, shout outs, man. And shout out to uh, somebody that my dad knows that said he listens to the show every week. Didn't know uh, which one of the uh, the host was uh, my dad's son. Uh, he narrowed it down to two. Um, but, uh, <laughs> man, which, which, yeah. which, which two did he never have to? <laughs> it's so. me and you, Nick. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Oh, man. But shout out to him. And thank you, everybody, like for listening. Your son has a smooth voice, man. <laughs> um, uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, at, uh, Stadium and Gale. And if you can, uh, rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, that really helps us. We appreciate you uh, you listening each and every week, and we'll see you guys next week. Already. Yeah, I know you're tired, baby. Yeah, I know you're so tired. Yeah, help has arrived, baby. Look up in the sky. No, you want to fly. No, you're trying. Your heart is to get by. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in We the best music.
And I'm staring 